Warning, the truly unusual motion picture you are about to see contains many scenes of graphic violence. It is not intended for the faint of heart, nor the young and impressionable. While it is a sad fact that mass homicide and practitioners of blood cults infest our society, the producers of this film wish to express that they do not condone, nor do they want to inspire, any of the human butchery or violence portrayed in this film. If you feel you will be offended by such material, please leave the theater at once. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 19 of Schlock or Not, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all genres of films, to include the son of a bitch and most hilarious horror comedy about two brothers, named after an 80s pop icon who slaughtered the ladies for the good bits. Head on over and follow us on Twitter at theschlockernot. Send us your feedback, film recommendations, or mission statements at schlockernot at gmail.com. And a five-star rating is on iTunes is always greatly appreciated. You can also go to steve52.com now for previous episodes and links to support the podcast. And now, onto the show. How's it going, Doc? What's happening, man? Nothing much. Before we even get started, I wanted to tell you that this is a movie that I always have wanted to see, and I didn't realize it. It was recommended by Aaron, but until I saw the cover that says, first they greet you, then they eat you, and I remember as a kid, uh, that stuck out in my brain. I always wanted to see it, and I never got to until now. Like just seeing that in the video store on the shelf there? Yes, at the local. Uh, we had something here that was called Video Park, and it had an actual haunted house theme room to rent haunted movies. That's so great. It had a, an actual coffin that would open up when you walked in. It had wood floors that would creak, and when you walked by certain areas of the room, it would uh, it would howl at you or whistle at you. And That's I awesome. always remember the tagline. And like I said, Aaron recommended this to us, and it's a great recommendation. And until I Absolutely. saw the beginning, until I saw that that cover on IMDb, it rang in my like, yes, I remember this for sure. This is always one of those movies that I thought I had seen that I actually told Aaron I owned it because I thought I did. And uh, when we were over at the shop that one day and we threw it on, I realized I was mistaken. And I was sorely mistaken because I should have seen this a long time ago. Uh, me too, man. Can I just ask one question, though? What did the porno section of the uh, video, video store look like? I have a friend who wanted to know. Uh, I believe it had two, like, the cowboy saloon doors. <laughs> <laughs> and I never got to go That's in there. Some of the cheesy, like, bead curtains or something? No, I think it really was the cowboy, like the the uh, wood, you know, you, you push through them doors, like they were kind of... That's for the rough and tumble cowboys to go on in there to get their porno. My guess is they didn't want a full door to hide what was going on in there so you could see like the feet and the head. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Make sure there were no shenanigans. Yeah. Any Vegas guys out there, if you remember Video Park, uh, it was an awesome place. There was only one in town and it was great. We should have uh, never got rid of, rid of video stores. Yeah. Ever. I miss you. Right on, man. So tell us what we're doing. We are doing, uh, shock or not, episode 19, 1987's Blood Diner, directed by Jackie Kong. Yep. Yep. Did you look I, it up? Uh, you can see it fully streaming on YouTube, and uh, I actually grabbed it in a six-pack, which I, I believe it's a crime there isn't a, like a special edition for this movie. Was it weird to you that Earth Girls or Easy was on the six-pack? Yeah, and Parents... Yeah, and, and it's, what was the other one? Uh, Fido was a good movie. You seen that one? I right? like that one. Yeah, with the um, he's got the zombie as a pet or whatever. Yeah, and did you check into Jackie Kong much? I, I did a little bit. Um, I guess she's written a ton of like she's a writer, producer, and a director. Done some really zany sounded projects. Um, nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, Night Patrol, uh, The Underachievers, and the movie called The Being, I guess. But really, nothing else she's done. Right. Right, and it, it always amazes me how well uh, women do horror. Like when you, we've talked about it before, but women, something to men, she knocked this one out. And the one that I really uh, want to check out now is that one you just mentioned, Night Patrol, which is actually three years before Blood Diner. It was a 1984 movie. Looks like a kind of a, like a um, police academy 
type right, movie or right. something, it's right? A, like it's a comedy? A, it's a cop that uh, moonlights as a stand-up comedian. Oh. So it's another horror comedy. But I looked up the cast. Dude, check this out. Linda Blair, Jack Riley, Billy Barty, who's been in everything. That's the oh, guy I from Willow. Barty, man. Um, dude, Pat Morita. Um, oh, wow. Pat Paulson. Dude, it has a cast. And this is three years before Blood Diner. I'm curious. Yeah. I want to check it. I, I, she's the director that I feel like we probably should have seen a little bit more from because I really enjoyed just her eclectic style, especially with this movie. She just threw everything on the wall and most of it stuck. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. So. All right. Sorry to cut you off there, man. I just want to. No, that's all right, man. Thanks for bringing that up. All right. Yeah. You got a fake sponsor or are you done? Well, I do. I have a fake sponsor. This episode of Schlockernaut brought to you by Nude Aerobics. Nice. We'll keep the flapjacks of flapping as long as you watch and keep fapping. <laughs> Nice, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, yours is better than mine. I got uh, brought to you by Aquanet because that hair ain't going to feather itself. <laughs> <laughs> there was an awful lot of that, too. Let me tell right. you. Total 80s product. You got it, man. All right. Let's see what we got here. I find your lack of faith in these two disturbing. If you continue to listen, your movie experience may be spoiled. Oh, I thought that thing you said at the end was actually added on with Sledge's uh, intro there. Did you? Because normally you always go like, and on and on and on. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I figured on this episode we will not do a pick to payday because I don't think these actors uh, are in any other movies besides this movie. Yeah, I looked up a so few of them. So if you're fine with that. You're not getting many. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm good So Rick Burks plays Michael Tootman, uh, Tutman or Tootman, however you want to pronounce it. And did you know that he died two years after the making oh, of this movie? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he died two years after the release of the film. So. Oh, that's a bummer, man. I liked him. Uh, did it say why? I didn't see that. Uh, but I just, I really think it would have been interesting. It, it would be interesting at some point to get like a cast reunion to see if they, you know, appreciate the cult following this movie has now. I wonder if it's been done anywhere. Wow, that man. Okay, I didn't know that. That dude to me looked extremely similar to. Have you ever seen the? Uh, it's he. The first time I saw the guy was in. Ah, uh, it's a Christopher Walken movie, Suicide Kings. Raw Force. Yeah, no Raw Force. Yeah. What's what's it called? Suicide Kings. No, I've never seen that one. Okay, it, it's not a bad little flick. And there's a guy in there named Jerry Jeremy Sisto, and he's been in some other stuff too. I think he was. Oh in yeah, like he's Law been in a ton of stuff, stuff, dude. He's uh, I think he was in May, right, with Angela <sighs> Bettis. I'd have to look that one up, but he looks very similar to the guy that played Michael in this movie to me. I, I even looked it up because I thought it might be him. Yeah, definitely not him. It's not. But I can see the striking similarity. Gotcha. So uh, Carl Crew played George Tutman or Tutman. Uh, Roger Dower plays Detective Mark Shepard. Lynette LaFrance, I think that's how you pr- properly pronounce her name. She played the chick from Facts of Life. I mean, Sheba <laughs> yeah, Jackson. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Max Morris is Chief Miller. Um, kind of interesting side note here. I kind of dug into this movie a little bit to see where some of this magic came from besides uh, Jackie Kong. Um, this movie was written by Michael Sonier, who has some pretty interesting things under his belt. Uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, he wrote that. Um, he did Surf Nazis Must Die. And do you know what his surname or his like uh, pen name, what he's also known as? Gnome de Plume. No, what is it? Yeah. Dookie Flyswatter. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you could change my name to Dookie Flyswatter on your phone, I would greatly appreciate that. Done deal, buddy. <laughs> so it was uh, produced by a couple of guys, uh, Lawrence Kasanoff. Um, he's done some seriously legit movies, man. He did uh, True Lies. 
Mortal Kombat, um, one that's I, I think we need to see immediately. Ghoulies go to college, aka Ghoulies Three. Oh, definitely, um, dude. He's just a man of of our own heart. You know, he's doing some quality stuff. He's done doing some of the low budget, lower budget, schlockier things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. And then um, Jimmy Mass. Maslon, I believe is his name. He produced the movie as well. Um, he actually produced The Godfather of Gore, which was the uh, my last episode flick pick about Herschel Gordon Lewis, the documentary. Got it. Um, he produced Blood Feast 2, which this apparently was supposed to be a sequel to Blood Feast, which maybe he just never gave up on the project and, until he finally got H.G. Lewis involved with it. Um, and what else did he do? Um, anyway, that's it. That's all I saw in there in the notes for that. Well, the, the team came together like Voltron for this one. This is a winner. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they total winner. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I talked about the original Blood Feast. This movie was supposed to be a sequel to it. And there are a lot of striking similarities to the two movies, right? Yes. Can you name a couple that you think just right off the top of your head? Uh, Sheetar, the Blood Feast, the, the killing of the girls, ritualistic, ritualistic killing. Uh, they own a diner. The other guy owned a catering company. Catering company. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, a blood feast, obviously. A murdered, blood feast, yeah. uh, girls murdered for their body parts. Uh, Ishtar, Ishtar and Sheetar, pretty close. Yep. Um, inept police officers that can't do anything right. So the basic premise of this entire movie is inept detectives investigating a case of equally inept uh, serial killers, cannibalistic brothers, right? Right, and that's pretty much the reason we picked this. Is, uh, it, Idiots it, abound in this movie, so it, it's right up our alley. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> that and it follows perfectly from our last show, Blood Feast, right? We get the one right, from the 60s, correct. we get the one from the 80s. Yeah, worked out perfectly. So, cool, man. Um, this all, movie was also uh, banned upon its release in a number of provinces in Canada, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, especially in 87. I wouldn't have thought that, but okay. And then I guess uh, the production for this movie was three weeks. I guess it was hectic, crazy. Um, and I read some excerpts from some of the people who actually were like extras and zombies in the movie. Um, they said it was a horrible environment to work in, um, hours on their feet while Jackie Kong would spend six hours for a two minute dialogue scene. Uh, and they basically subsisted on this set off of white bread, bologna, weed, and margaritas. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> or as I like to call it, like crafty craft services. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so still, it still worked. A, a fun time for them. It still worked. <laughs> right. So I believe the, uh, the, the warning intro on this movie is Amazed Tits, dude. I, I love stuff like that. It just kind of puts you in that, um, like you're in the theater, even though you're sitting at, uh, you know, on the couch at your house. Yeah. It kind of makes you feel like you're part of something bigger. Yeah, I, I agree, and I thought it followed right along with Blood Feast intro as well. Right. Uh, just so you know, too, gr having grown up in the South, if I had seen it back then, like, seriously, Blood Cults and Satan Worshippers and stuff, that was a real threat. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, I think this would have blown my mind as a kid, and I mean in a good way. Uh, I'm really bummed that I didn't see this sooner. This would have been perfect for me and my fellows. Oh, are sure. you kidding me, man? Yeah, perfect. Yep, I agree. Maybe we'll do that for the birthday party this year. There we go. All right, man. Okay, I took a little cap of the intro music because I took it from Blood Feast, but also I thought this was just great. Uh, so let me hit you with that. Crazy over you, crazy, 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 crazy. So this this song, man, it was a perfect intro because it's an unassumingly creepy, like '50s doo wop song. Right, and right? when this movie starts, it is in 1961, so you're starting back in the doo wop era. 
Yes. It was awesome. I think. I thought the doo-wop was in the 50s. Yeah, but you, you, yeah, on, you're still going to be listening to it in 61. <laughs> it didn't fall off the Are chart. Are you listening to disco? I mean. We were in the 80s. Mayhap. Yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it does start and it kind of sets the scene and uh, I loved it and I thought uh, the complete opposite of Blood Feast score and soundtrack. This was absolutely great. I would probably buy the whole thing. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it, it gets you in that perfect mood, right? The all-American home, uh, family pictures lined up all over the wall. There was an ironing board, which when's the last time you saw one of those ever? Uh, here's a little fact about myself. I've never ironed anything in my life. Really? Never once. Never picked up an iron. You just go out, go out like you uh, jumped on a wrinkle grenade from everybody? and Do not care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You save us all from those wrinkle grenades. Thank yeah. you. I was wondering why you have like uh, static clean and, like socks on the bottom of your pants and stuff. Never owned an iron, never owned an ironing board, never used one. <laughs> We're going to have to change that, dude. We're going to have to do a quick lesson because having been in the Marine Corps, I ironed every day for many, many years. I'll pass. Oh, come on. Well, I've done enough for both of us, I guess, right? <laughs> really? So... Um, it looked kind of like um, just like a little playroom. You've got young uh, Michael and George, which I thought was really funny. Do you think that was intentional? Oh, George Michael. <laughs> was that in 87? Is that in 87? Yeah, I thought that, was, I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, um, I thought you had a clip for that, didn't you? Oh, uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> still good. See? Yep. And then later on, your body parts, apparently. Um, it, it's still good, and were, it was in the 80s. What's that? <laughs> That's still good. It was in the 80s, just like doo-wop from the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> There's no musical theme to this show. We'll just throw it all in there. It's a huge grab ass. (laughs) Um, But abruptly, mom has to leave to go buy tampons. And she says says it rather gruffly to the boys, um, tells them to stay inside. And that's when, just like in Blood Feast, you get the radio report over the radio. Remember? Right. Yeah, another similarity right there. Except this one is that a suspect in the, I'm going to quote here, uh, the happy time all girls glee club slangs is on the loose and, quote, he's on. No, no, he's um, he's been spotted in the area with a meat cleaver in one hand and his genitals in the other. Yeah, sounds j- similar to this. He is armed and dangerous and has been spotted in the west side area, armed with a meat cleaver in one hand and his genitals in the other. <laughs> That's now, so great. The first thing I thought of were his genitals still attached to his body. <laughs> right. Like, okay, so I've imagined like, okay, a guy with his wanker, you know, out out of his pants and he's got the meat cleaver, or he's literally got it like a, a blob of gelatinous gum. And the other <laughs> I think they make a reference to that later in the movie, too, where he says something about, I messed up and yeah, cut off my uh, cut cut off off the, uh, or something like that. Club, right? Yeah, that, that scene was great. They pan around that whole house, and the 61 nostalgia was killing me with, like, magazine covers from Time and, like, Play-Doh, Play-Doh and, and the Lincoln toys. Log. Oh, it was awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. So uh, I'm just going to say I think he probably could have used a little cardio, too, because when they did, like, a point of view of him going to the house – he was wheezing like me taking a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <sighs> <sighs> so he breaks down. Basically, it's Uncle Anwar. Yeah. They know immediately it's Uncle Anwar. He breaks down the cardboard um, front door to the house. Um, and I guess once he gets inside, he gives both Michael and George a five million year old amulet. Yeah, and I think there was a crazy reference in Blood Feast, too, of like something being way older than like possible. Well, like Aaron, Aaron and I were talking about it today at the shop. I was getting some work done. They could have said like 2,000 years old. Sure. It would have been perfect. Nah. Go big. Five like, go, million? Go big. I don't think that, was the Earth even here? I, I, I don't know. I'm probably... <laughs> so that scene you're talking about, they show Anwar coming down the street, and they make you think that he's coming to kill the boys, right? It's a, it's a misdirect. And he even breaks through the door, and the kids are scared. But they play some of what I call the classic horror... Um, sound for you and I capped a little bit of it because I thought you'd enjoy it. Cool. 
just like 80s horror in a nutshell, just right? Like yeah, just a guy with a keytar <laughs> yeah, looking at the screen, ooh. just like jamming on those, those nice man. minor yeah. keys. Um, <laughs> and then I later they used that same technique for the uh, for the flashing of the title card, but it was late. We'll get to that here in a second, I think. Yeah. Um, did you know that the young Michael Tutman in that scene was played by a girl? Yeah, Roxanne Osco, I believe is her name, correct? Yeah, man. Yeah, and I didn't, uh, I didn't know which one was Michael and George at the time, and I wouldn't have known if I didn't read it. I wouldn't have known that. Right. I just, I, they couldn't find a young man to do that. Like, ah, who knows? Maybe a what friend. Yeah, a friend or something. Yeah, I, my my kid wants to be in the movie. Right. I would have been like, well, does she care if a you know three hundred pound overweight trucker blows chunks in her face? Because I'm gonna <laughs> just put her in that scene. <laughs> Um, and can I say here too that Anwar sounds like a really crappy, maybe slightly drunk Bela Lugosi. Yeah, he was going for a crazy accent, and I don't know what exactly it was. It was cool though. <sighs> it was just really strange. Even like the accents later on in the movie, like um, Detective Sheba, Sheba Jackson. Right. She, she's like got an Australian maybe accent. I have no idea. I think that she was Australian and trying to do an American accent. I think she was covering an accent. Yes, as, but as it was guess. not a very good job. But anyway, yeah, I think no. she was perfect for the role. I did too, yeah. So then um, he gives the kids an ambulance. He talks about some gibberish about something. Um, and then you hear sirens in the background. The cops are moving in. Um, and at which point Anwar decides to go out and, I guess, confront the police. And you hear just a barrage of gunfire. Um, some lightning effects outside the house because guns during the day really flash and pop like that. Did you notice, too, he entered the house during the day and then later on in the end of the movie... When they show him getting shot, it's it's a nighttime shot. Oh, continuity errors. I caught people on the wrong side of the car in different shots. Like they're on, yeah. in the passenger seat in one side, in the driver's seat the next scene. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, like, continuity all over the place. I guess when you got three weeks. And, dude, there was a lot of moving parts to that movie. There's just different sets, different effects they had to work in, um, which they still can't do lighting effects for the shit back in 1987. But still, um, a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it give it to him for that. Oh, it totally did bother him a pass. me. It fits perfectly with the movie. It didn't bother me in the least. Yeah, not at all. Um, so then, I guess it flash forwards. I think it says like actually um, twenty years later. It's right? twenty years, nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Okay, so there's a security guard at a uh, cemetery, and I think the hair was an homage to Fuad Ramsey's because it was like a charcoal, <laughs> silver, crappy. Old age look, right? I wrote down that he either they either hired uh, Captain Kangaroo for security or possibly uh, Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers, like the mailman. <laughs> or Geppetto. Like, it looks like yeah, Geppetto with Geppetto, the security guard. Geppetto, yeah. He had, and like, a security guard uniform on. He, he looked, yeah, did not look like classic security guard for sure. And this is when I did write that the title card was absolutely late. It showed, it did like the da-da, and then the cue card came up instead of yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So I don't know if that was intentional. I know other people on YouTube have talked about that, but it just, once somebody brings it to your attention, it's going to drive you crazy for the rest of your life. And did so. you see the uh, Anwar's gravestone? Did you read it? No. It said uh, Anwar, um, what is it? Uh, Namtut. Namtut. Right? Yeah, Namtut. Namtut. And then underneath it said, I'll be back, in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> kind of be back, I guess, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he stumbles upon, uh, I forget if it was George or Michael. George is in the in the actual grave itself doing the digging, and he is not being stealthily, stealthy at all. No, no. He might as well have had a marching band, like a bag of man, you know, cats going crazy and a car horn. I mean, it was, he was really loud. The guard walks right up to him like, hey, what are you doing? And then um, um, Michael sneaks up and smacks him in the back of the head. <laughs> and I don't know if... Human anatomy is actually uh, works like this, but his eyeballs flew out of his head like two marbles. Oh, yeah, man. That was my first great laugh of the movie right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so stupid, dude. 
<laughs> and the, the, their mannequin usage was on point right from oh, the first five God. minutes. When, when uh, Michael, when you learn um, that he's got a strength that I think were, rhymes with guitar, um, <laughs> he throws that, that security guard like a mile away. Yeah, they just. And it's tra- obvious, like dummy. It was they so transition bad. from a human body to a dummy all the time with the dead bodies, and they would just be tossing them around and then pulling off body parts. It was amazing to do. It was Flopping great. around. Uh, we'll get to some of the other ones after the uh, nude aerobics. One of my favorite effects, too. Okay. So, okay. yeah, but I agree with you on that. Um, and they open up uh, Anwar's coffin, and I guess he had a bunny brain in his head because it pops out of his head. Right. It's like a dusty old skeleton and he's he's cutting it with like a hacksaw and he squeezes, he puts his hand palms on either side of the guy's ears and squeezes and a, a, a wet, ripe brain. Like a sponge brain, like you would use in like a, you know, circa 1981 haunted house. Yeah, pops up connected about... connected <laughs> to a cord, a spinal cord or anything. Pops up about five feet in the air like a jack-in-the-box <laughs> pops right out of his skull. So, <laughs> and then they perform some crazy ritual where now... Um, Uncle Anwar's brain miraculously speaks with no lips, no vocal cords. I don't know if maybe it's telepathy. Um, later on, I guess they got the eyes to work because the eyes, when it's in the jar with all the viscous liquid, the eyes would move around a little bit and ridicule both of the kids um, quite frequently. Yeah, it's basically Futurama, uh, head in a jar, but there's no face or anything. It's just the brain. And I don't know if you caught that, but you know it's like the brain and like a little piece hanging down, which I took as the spinal cord. Okay. That's supposed to be his schlong. <laughs> I read that in trivia. It, it's supposed to be his brain and his and his dong in a jar. His brain and dong, and was that his eyeballs, or were they would they have been dry rotted? And that was the security <laughs> the, guard's eyeballs. The eyeballs weren't even there the first time. All of a sudden, he had eyeballs in the jar. So I don't even know. It's great. They're like, how can we give this brain more character? Well, you know, the actor really likes to emote with his eyes. So maybe I could whip something up in the effects lab real fast. <laughs> you know, the eyes were like were like Cookie Monster's eyes, from, <laughs> like the Goo Goo like Cookie two Monster. Two pieces of plastic, eyes. you know. Uh, yeah. There was very limited movement, so oh, awesome, totally. But every awesome. time he would talk, I wonder if like when they were carrying around in the, in the uh, jar would flash. I just imagine them with like a little light switch on the bottom doing their own puppetry with their uncle Anwar's brain. And they hook up a little like fish filter to the top too. Later, did you see them make bubbles? <laughs> so it's like a little teeny fish filter there. with bubbles. <laughs> you get great. mold in there, and that's dangerous too. Uh, the, the, fish in brains. Yeah, so they, basically they pop the head up. They pop the brain right in the cemetery from the skeleton into a jar full of water, and, and they're talking to it, and it's talking back to them. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's plausible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty great. I'm on this roller coaster. Let's ride yeah. it all the way. Yeah. So at the police station, what is it? Uh, Chief Miller yeah. and uh, Detective Shepard are perplexed. Um, I think Detective Shepard may have inhaled too much helium before he shot the scene because that is the most unassuming, um, non uh, intimidating, worst police voice in a movie ever. Okay. So I have a cut of it and I'm going to play it. And. The first thing I thought of was this voice, the sound over had to be done on purpose, right? I mean, do you think like his voice was probably like, you know, really masculine and really tough? And they were like, no, 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 that's not what we're looking for. We're trying to demasculate you. You can be the judge after I play it, but I'll set it up before I play it. He's uh, he's wearing a bunch of gold chains. He's got on yellow and blue plaid pants, not a shirt. Second movie we've talked about with pop collar douches, right? 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 Yellow and blue plaid pants, and -hmm. then a gray, blue, and white print shirt. and a bunch of gold chains, and he talked, on his hairy chesticles. On his hairy chest, and he sounds a, like I put with a clown pants kicker because they look like something um, a clown would wear. He was ridiculous, and here you go for the voiceover. Beats me, Chief. Seems like the work of pathological weirdos. Does he have a slight lisp? Too? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can even <laughs> see it a little bit in the. Uh, actually, so did the child, and so did Connie later. But you could see it when he talked; like his tongue would stick out between his teeth. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> we shouldn't be laughing about that. Sorry. 
Oh, especially not the kid. I take that back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, interesting choice, right? Right. He had a good look about him. And he was the only one that I could tell that was really voice dubbed in like that, so it had to be on purpose. I don't know. Chief Miller had a crazy voice too, man. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Either way, I think it was on purpose. You're probably right. But, cliche alert, Detective Shepard's getting a new partner. Yes. Yep, and he's not happy about it, because I'm sure he's the guy who likes to work alone. Yeah, and he's real, uh, he's with the chicks, right? Like, he's combing his hair with his thing, and he's talking about all the girls Dude, all the time. <laughs> he's, he's the worst creeper ever, because, like, he'll, like, straight look at a girl and, like, stick his tongue out between his uh, V fingers. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was pretty great. <laughs> but I guess this, uh, he, the, the new partner, uh, Detective Sheba Jackson, uh, I guess she broke... Uh, she's a rookie cop oh, from New York. And I she got broke. it, dude. You want me to play okay. it? I got it. <laughs> Hold on. She broke the end of my bag rapist case wide open, posing as a sex surrogate. <laughs> <laughs> the end of a bag rapist, dude. <laughs> was he raping the end of my bags, or was he? Yeah, you're was he having the end of my bag as he was raping something? I mean, I, I'm really interested <laughs> to see the case file on that. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, but I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. A sex surrogate. That's <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. This is schlock writing at its absolutely at its best. Oh man, I was it's smiling. So surreal and magnificent. I'm man. telling you, by myself, I was smiling ear to ear, and it's like ten minutes into the movie, you know. Dude, I, I just I wanted more. I want more of this out of cinema, right? Yes. Where it's 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 familiar yet it's foreign because you have no idea what crazy shit's going to come out of their mouth next. Yes, we definitely need to find more of these. Yes, I'm going to work on that for you. But Aaron, yep, open call. It. Ryan, any of you guys? Um, at the Tootman Cafe, which I think we're soon going to immortalize on T-shirts, am I correct? It is done, and by the time this show is on iTunes, there will be shirts available. And it, they turned out beautiful. Go. One question. Thank you for your hard work on that. But Michael and George are in footy pajamas. Can we have footy <laughs> pajamas emblazoned with Tootman Cafe on it? I don't know if people know this, but you can actually get our shirts in like tank tops and stuff. And in the show, this was a tank top, not a T-shirt. But... Three-quarters tees. Yep. I mean, you, you, half shirts, I'm sure. Hoodies, long sleeve, you name it. Like really weird long sleeve shirts. I'm very proud of the now, of the Tupman Cafe shirt. Uh, I I hope everybody likes it as I love it. I'm getting three of those. Awesome. And um, so anyway, um, now Anwar has his animated eyes along with a brain. Um, has the viscous liquid. He instructs the brothers. I guess that they have to construct the body of Sheetar um, out of the body parts of immoral girls. Right. Okay. Um, and the. And I guess living in uh, L.A. in circa 1987 or 1981, that probably wouldn't be too hard. Right. <laughs> um, but so I think Michael is in charge of getting the girls, right? And then George, who's the uh, chef, he must cook a blood buffet. Yes. And buffet, buffet. Is, is how they used my, my uh, the Mexican buddies that I grew up with used to call it a buffet. A buffet. Yes. So I take that back. Uh, George has to cook the blood buffet, and Michael has to find a virgin to sacrifice. And so my notes basically said that's going to be a rough mission in 1981 LA. Right, right. Yeah, that's going to be pretty tough. And I'll, I'll tell so, you, man, George was the cook in the cafe as well, right? Michael was the... George was the cook. Right. So George, yeah. uh, the food looked great in the cafe. It wasn't your your standard dirty diner that you would expect from a horror movie all the food looked like it was well prepared it made me hungry and it looked like he knew what he was doing back there and that was weird to me uh that was spoken by someone who has vegan tendencies and not by me 
So. Yes, and I also noticed he used his bare hand to press the patties on the grill, <laughs> not a spatula. Did you see that? Which again, I mean, what kind of strength does he have? He didn't even get burnt. No, so. but they show him, and I'm sure it was a double, but they show like the Benihana skills, right? Like he's clickety-clacking with the salt and pepper, and he's cutting stuff up really fast, and it actually looked like good fresh food, and I was expecting from this movie like dirt, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the '80s hair was everywhere. I mean, everybody in that cafe was just okay. But I, I couldn't even get past his hat, dude. The floppy chef's hat. <laughs> One minute it was floppy, next time it would be like fully erect. But it was an, an enormous chef hat, bigger than anything you've ever seen. The floppy ever. chef's hat was genius comedy. Genius. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I laughed almost every time it was on screen. I it was like it. another character because every time you get flustered, it would flop around all crazy. Oh, man. Something about that stupid comedy. It just gets me, dude. Wins. And, and he really does have some anger management issues. Right. They, they paint him as the crazy brother, kind of like the uh, ap- applesauce brother from uh, Punisher. Applesauce. <laughs> 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 I don't remember his name anymore. Loony Ben the Jim. Yes. Loony Ben a Jim. They paint him like he's just he's off his rocker. He's. Sometimes he acts like a Beavis from like Beavis and Butthead. Sometimes he's a wrestling fanatic, like maniac. screaming at Jimmy Hitler. Yeah, you <laughs> on don't. The TV. I don't know that you get one solid line of dialogue out of him in the whole movie with just it's a all normal just voice. Flustered. Right, just flustered, screaming. Did, did you see the shopping list by the uh, cash register? Mm-hmm. Yep, I did. Did you write it down? Because I got it. If you want it, um, it was going to be one of my questions. But go ahead. No, so no, you've already got it. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll give it to you now then. Uh, dog dicks, large rats, golden retrievers, cats, MSG, and dog food. <laughs> Score one for me. <laughs> and the only thing you're worried about is the MSG because that's super gross. And he's pushing the uh, patties down with his bare hand. I'm not a big fan of that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> his finger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, it was an awesome scene. So I guess at this point, though, you see a bunch of cheerleaders and they're trying to convince Connie into going to do nude aerobics, which I'm going to say um, her argument uh, it's succinct and to the point, and I don't know how Connie could not do it because all she has to do is go and show her tits. Yeah, she's like, everybody's doing it. Come on, what's up? So I, I think that would be poetry to all of the schlockernaut ears, right? I mean, just to hear stuff like that because, as we talked about earlier, does that ever work? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just all you got to do is show your tits, Connie. Come on. And like, oh, you know, I never thought about that. That's it. These chicks in the booth are – well, she's saying other schools, right? She's saying that we started doing a ve- uh, vegetarian diet and now the other school is doing it. So I took them as they're supposed to be schoolgirls and a cheerleading oh, team. College. 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 Yes, please. I, I would guess the youngest one there was like 37 in that booth. Yeah. Did, they, did any of them look like they were even in their 20s to you? No, okay, not at all. Okay. Not at all. But you know what? They're willing to get naked, so sign yeah. them up. Right. <laughs> sign them up. Um, the fat patron, just so you know, uh, I think his name was uh, Horatio Titus or Vitamin C, yeah. right? The big fat guy, the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, what is the, biker. what's the word I'm looking for here? Biker, biker. No, I, I'm going to say the, um, the regular customer, right? Because every time you're in the Tootman Cafe, he's there. The norm um, of the Tootman Cafe? Yeah. Okay. And just so everybody knows, basically uh, what I envision Steve sees me as, because that's how you <laughs> are. Describe people. So rude. Right? But, so it's just kind of weird because... Um, he says he's the big, a big fan of the best son of a bitch in veggie burgers, but this whole diner has got like cheerleaders and truckers and bikers and like people wearing diapers on their head. And because I mean, there was a couple of patrons that looked like they just came out of some weird like psycho cult meeting. So I thought that those were uh, waiters and waitresses because at one point they were kind of handing out papers. But to then people. they were sitting down later, like eating. right. Then they were sitting and eating. I had no clue. They were wearing a hat that was, I don't know, a foot and a half tall. 
Yeah, but it, I, it was strapped under their chin like a diaper. I have no clue what was going on there. And then there was also like a rockabilly greasers in there. Oh, dude, like straight out of uh, um, Happy Days. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> was a weird scene. It was a weird scene. <laughs> so. Um, can I just say though that Horatio Titus, aka Vitamin C, I think that guy would have fit perfectly as a trauma resident in a trauma film. Oh, I wrote that down later. I got that later, and I'll tell you when. Okay, it's just totally weird. So uh, Connie pays for her food. Michael creeps on her a little bit. You see the shopping list, which you talked about the dog dicks and the MSG and stuff. Um, and I don't remember Uncle Anwar mentioning any of that. He said like immoral girl parts. He never mentioned any of that other stuff. So that might be like part of their actual secret ingredient because they weren't really doing this until Anwar came right, around. That's right, that's what I took that as their, the cafe food, not the the Lumerian feast food. And he, so he kind of, Michael also gives Connie the like Jedi mind trick, right? Gives like little, little the hypnotized eyes. Yeah, but what did he get her to, to convince to do? I forgot what he convinced her oh, to do. Like go it? out with him later or something? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. He obviously didn't convince us or mesmerize us because no. we don't even remember. Did uh, Connie to you look a little bit like a grown-up Angela from Sleepaway Camp? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, like I she's all grown up and mature now. Yeah, and did, I don't know if you... Did you check into um, the Lumerian Feast? Like, It's uh, a Numerian Feast, by the way. Lumerian. It's Numerian. Is it Numerian? I'm pretty sure it's Numerian. Okay, because... Let us know, Aaron. Yeah. Brian, something, I, something I looked at is uh, the name Anwar itself, which I think is an Arabic name. Okay. It means it translates, if male, to luminous. Mm. And if it's a female, it translated to a collection of lights. Uh, but mm. I thought that that was cool. If it is Lumerian, I thought that was cool that they linked in the name Luminous with Lumerian I, Feast. I may be wrong. Okay. I will admit to that. But on a more important note, did you ever wear one of those dangly earrings like uh, Michael wore? Christ, man. I wrote that down for later, too. And <laughs> there's some, like, do you know those, who's like a, uh, was it um uh, Harrison Ford, you know, he wears like that one dangly earring. Mm-hmm. Or I think there's like a baseball At like 78 one. years old. Dude, that bugs the shit out of me, man. <laughs> and it bugged me in this and it bugs me when other people do it. <laughs> it just looks so dangerous, especially in a cooking environment uh, or you know, yeah. lots of moving parts and stuff. Yeah. Did you notice too that Horatio um, really pissed George off by calling wrestling a quote, homo sport dude that was thrown around quite a bit in the movie right? <laughs> quite <laughs> like, a bit i don't know man like circa 1980s hollywood man they had no problem with the f word the homo i mean they just threw it around like they didn't care yeah not a bit man they did but uh oh uh, it, quick question throat checked by george though so he does but and before i go, you get too far past that did did is there a joke with the vitamin c that i didn't get like is was that or is that most just, people call me vitamin c that was the joke yeah it was oh, uh, probably okay. one you wrote, right? See, yeah, dude, seriously, that's the first. <laughs> that's the first failure of the movie for me, right there. <laughs> I didn't get it. Most I just folks call I didn't me get vitamin it. C. Get it? He yeah. actually said, "Get it." Yeah. Okay. I got it, and I want to return it. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously didn't. <laughs> uh, I bought it, and I'm gonna get my money back. Yeah. Um, at the uh, neuterobics, basically, the mammary glands are flopping around, and. Uh, just so you know, this was filmed four years before Point Break. <laughs> Point and Break. they came in and they had President's masks on. Nah. And they shot that entire nude aerobics up. There's ve- relatively little blood or acting ability on a site of this scene. But they kill everybody in the nude aerobics. And surprisingly um, unsexy. You would think that the word naked aerobicizing cheerleaders would really do it for you. Uh, no. It was an unsexy scene, and she got shot by a dude wearing a Ronald Reagan mask. Yep. 
And then uh, she, they basically kill uh, what I put here, nubile perky-breasted teens, which I thought sounded like a, a, a type of bird. I was I laughing no at idea. the girl that was kind of directing it. She had a, a quote, quote, bow in her hair, and the bow looked like just a pair of panties like thrown on top of her head. It wasn't even, it just looked like some. You've got to make something, make her look like she's the boss here. And what was that guy wearing, the, <sighs> the instructor for the class? I, dude, that guy was a mess. Would it be hard for you to do that with a boner? It, not, I don't think him, per se. I don't think that was his cup of tea. <laughs> so I'm asking you, though. You're up there, nubile, perky-breasted teens, and you're doing it. Nature happens. What do you do? First of all, strike one on perky, strike two on teen, <laughs> uh, and probably strike three on nubile. So uh, yeah. no, I, I think I'd have been okay in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> you're all business. Yeah. <laughs> all business. So, um, like I said, light on blood. Did you notice, though, that Anwar was saying something about the tongues? And he had, a, they had, uh, after all the girls were dead, they're collecting the body parts. Um, they were collecting the tongues that were in a pile and they were actually still moving. Yeah, they, was, they were great. That was cool. I like that. Really weird, though, because, again, I don't think that's how anatomy works. Um, I'm no expert. I've never ripped a tongue out. Um, but just, I don't know. What I do you think? It. I think I liked it, and it made me laugh. And what made me laugh more was the butt cutting scene. <laughs> I don't know okay, why. Okay, so imagine <laughs> you got to set this up for him. You got to okay, explain okay. to him what, what that means. Okay, and I agree with that. Okay, so there's during this whole scene, they're cutting the girls' tongues out and they're harvesting the body parts for the feast. And at one point, there's a chick laying on her stomach, and the dude has the one of those electric knives that like your dad would use to cut a Thanksgiving turkey. You know, like the the blades kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> my dad, my dad would. He'd use like an electric <laughs> knife. Like the only time of the year that thing came out, yep. and he he has it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> really, this is a must-see movie. <laughs> it is. He kind of sets it under the crease of her butt cheek, and then uses his other hand on her butt cheek to just shake the butt cheek back and forth to, to make, make it, it look, look like, like the it's knife. And then they added like the effects of the the electric carving knife running. Uh, it's yeah, just like him jiggling her butt just cheek, just wiggling a butt cheek with a knife. Uh, oh, so great! Yeah, I really agree. unspecial effects there. And then in the background, the brother George he made a funny. I don't know if it's uh, supposed to be like front and center, like a little gag in the background, but the the chick that was running the, the thing the aerobicizing boss her head peeks out from around a corner and it, it, it at first you think like oh my god is, is she alive and she's gonna you know run out of there are they gonna catch her but then the brother comes out and he was holding her head and like peeking the head around the corner kind of like really uh, and this is many many years before high tension where the guy was getting the uh getting head from the actual head right right, the car. right, right. so yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really good uh, scene because I really did think that she was peeking out from the door at that point. So that was a really good joke that worked awesome for me. Dude, it, it, this is a horror comedy that is done. Uh, it's high on comedy, not so much on the horror, but with the gore and the horror elements. At so. the, my very last thing I wrote down for this movie was this is horror comedy done right for me. That's mm -hmm. my last line of the uh, that yeah. I wrote down. It was great. Um, I know you're going to like this next scene. The entire police force comes to handle the crime uh. scene sans gloves. I wrote down no gloves. That's my next line. <laughs> yeah, they're all and they're fumbling around with the, the arms. The one guy and like legs. can't hold on to the arm because it's all slippery with blood. Uh, and he's trying to like put it in a bag and he's got no gloves on and stuff. Oh yeah, gross. That was great. And those, the, those uh, body parts kind of look like they came from like Halloween Town or Spirit con, Store. Con, or conjoined. They borrowed it from Conjoined. They put them <laughs> in there, that same bag. Yep. But it's funny too because the the cop, the police chief is constantly checking Mark, the detective. Dude, he punches him in his stomach. He's, he's like um, the jock bully, right, right. in high yeah, school. Right. It's always like, 
checking you and like watching you cringe because you think you're going to get hit. And then sometimes he'll do it just to remind you that you still need to be on your guard. Flinch a little bit, just give you a little yeah. flincher. Yeah, because he walks in and makes a stupid one-liner about the scene and the, and the boss just turns around and socks him in the stomach. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, and that's when you get to meet, I believe that's the entrance of Sheba as well, correct? His partner? Right, and I have no idea what accent she was going for there. I don't so. either. I think she was hiding an accent, going for American. Um, I also couldn't tell if she was black or Asian or Blasian or Mideastern. Very or, pretty girl. Yeah, I could, Very pretty girl. I couldn't tell what nationality she was, but uh, I, she was awesome. She actually uh, moved the case further along and got it closer to being solved than Shepard ever than anybody imagined. else, right. Yeah. So uh, at the Tootman Cafe... Um, Michael, like Blood Feast, is grabbing uh, basically addresses, like um, for the mailing uh, list for potential for for the mailing list and more potential victims. Like everybody's giving him his address, like Fuad Ramses was doing for his book, right? Right. Um, the diner now is all of a sudden busier than ever because all vegans, in their mind, secretly know that meat tastes better than. Uh, carrot sticks and hayseed and stuff. Even, if they, and even if they don't want to admit it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's why everybody's there. Vitamin C, um, which I noticed is that dude burped his way through every conversation he had. Yeah, that dude. Every time he was talking, it was just like. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole time. <laughs> the whole <Yeah>. time. <laughs> the whole, one more time. Boy. What, the burp? Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> that's the ratio. That's vitamin C. Every time he's just sloppily like shoving food into his fat face and just burping through the conversation. Um, and that's when you actually see George's arch nemesis, um, Jimmy Hitler. And he despises this dude for some reason because I think he thinks that wrestling is real and he believes that Jimmy Hitler is a real person. So later on, in a, in a side note, he actually like goes to wrestle him somehow. Right. Right. Which is really weird. He meets his um, nemesis. What, what you mean by that is he's watching wrestling on TV and he's just going nutso because of this wrestler on TV. Mad, right? Yeah, he gets super mad. And he's so mad that he like literally starts assaulting his best customer. Yeah, and a couple scenes where he threw stuff around because he was always throwing stuff like Looney Ben Jim. And uh, the stuff would ricochet off the counter and like hit people. Like I saw extras like putting their arms up in front of their face and getting hit by things. It was awesome. So you're saying he's like a method actor like Daniel Day-Lewis? He really like... Yeah, yeah, he definitely... He definitely. <laughs> and apparently at this point in the movie, it's now like a, a doo-wop diner because it's uh, doo-wop music and greasers everywhere. It's like a everywhere. bunch of... Like the cast of Grease. No, the cast of Grease 2, the motorcycle one, is yeah. all in there. It's and so Happy fun. Days, like all of Fonzie's friends have moved in. Yeah, and at this, those people with the weird hats uh, were serving people at this point. So I, it, it, I have no clue. That's unexplained but. to me. Didn't uh, didn't vitamin C actually when when uh, George attacks him he starts violently uh, projectile vomiting all over. At one point, doesn't he aim at the table for a second round and one of those servers is sitting at the table and he just splashes all over her too? Yes, and also I noticed that when he puked, it went directly into the Asian chick's mouth and she spit it out. <laughs> I mean, directly. Like I, I had to rewind it because I was laughing so hard. He's puking and one of the extras kind of had her mouth open and I see her turn to the side and spit real quick. <laughs> like right in her mouth, dude. It was awesome. Uh, that would have been great if she had puked right oh. on cue right at that point too. It was awesome, man. So um, just like Blood Feast, <clears throat> uh, we get the front page newspaper headline flash, right? Right. New aerobics gets bloody workout. <laughs> right. Connie's getting the paper from right in front of the cafe, correct? Right. And so she's a mess because basically she was supposed to be there and all of her friends are dead. 
Right. Michael comes out and asks if she's okay, and they have their first little outside the cafe she talk. She sues her with a five million dollar or five million year old Sheetar amulet, right? Um, and says that it, if anybody ever tries to hurt her, he'll take care of it. So, like all of a sudden, he's a great protector. Also, uh, they both had the exact same haircut. That's what I noticed in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> So and it's weird because too, Sheba's like really starting to get down uh, with this investigation, and she realizes that all the victims are vegetarians, according to the autopsy. I, I put that down too. I was like, so the they say <laughs> so the core and sickly looking. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they look like a, uh, everybody that's shopping at Wild Oats right now. <laughs> they're, all, they're all veiny and shit. <laughs> uh, no offense to anybody who's a vegetarian or vegan. I apologize. I don't. It's just a joke. I don't even yeah, care. I, what you, I, I, what you uh, mouth. Disclaimer, I'm a vegetarian, so it's all right, buddy. <laughs> so, I was uh, describing you when I talked about when that. When you said talking. veiny and, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> unhealthy and sick right. and uh, <laughs> But it was funny that they, they, made it, they made it clear that the coroner determined that they were all vegetarians. I'm like, <laughs> by what, idiot? They had high levels of carrot juice in their veins. Um, did you notice, though, when, when the chief and uh, Sheba and, and Mark Shepard are walking down the hallway that, like, a, a, just a random fist fight breaks uh, out? I, I do totally. And that's throughout the movie. It, I've watched this more than once by now, and uh, you're going to catch something every time. It, there is stuff in the background happening almost every scene. There's like, extras going jokes, crazy. Like extras just it wanted to awesome. throw something in there. Right. And, and dude, I just took a little bit of clips from this movie, but I could have taken every scene was clip worthy. Every single scene in here had something I could have taken. And really this needs to be watched to really uh, understand the level of awesomeness that was happening. You know? and, a, and a huge credit to Aaron. He told us just to play the movie and just walk away from the microphone. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that support, yeah, buddy. yeah. The movie's definitely better than us talking. You know? And did you notice Miller punches Shepard again? Yep. <laughs> you talk about like a hostile work environment. That would suck, man. Every time Shepard says something dumb, the boss just socks him. <laughs> it's great, man. <laughs> no, and also, I noticed this. Shepard's tongue has a, a mind of its own because every time he opens his mouth, that thing just flops right out of there. Whether it's to like lick his eyebrows while he's flirting with Sheba or while he's talking in a normal conversation, that thing is just always out of his mouth. Connie had the same thing. When she was not talking, you could see her tongue between her teeth. She had the same weird thing going on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Great. So you go back to the Tutman Cafe, Tutman Cafe. Um, George and Michael are stitching up Sheetar from all those body parts from the girls at the uh, nude aerobics or whatever. Um, they paint her gold for some reason, which can't be healthy. Um, Put her in tidy whiny chonies, man. Why was that? Again, man. Every, I think the last what four movies we've done in a row, we get we get uh, white underwear. But dude, this is weird because she was a beautiful woman, man, and like a g-string or just a yeah. Regular no, they put her in a diaper, a big white diaper. They put her in like <laughs> an old uh, old dude's pair of whitey tidy chonies. Yes, my dad owns whatever they put her in. I'm sure it's bad. Yeah. And yeah. you know, what? I thought the With sewing like little hold for whatever. You right. know what I'm talking about. I thought that the uh, sewing Evacuation looked port. great, like sewing the hand on and stuff. That was a really good effect, I thought. Dude, it looked great. Yeah, I agree. it was really good. And then uh, I thought the placement of the Lee Press-On nails was expert. Uh, I wrote down Lee Press-Ons. I wrote it down, too. <laughs> <laughs> they also, uh, what drove me nuts, I got a little shiver, was when he was done sewing her foot on, he bent over to next to her toe and bit the thread off. <laughs> like, right next to her toe. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I got a little, like, no, <laughs> right there, way close, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, didn't you, did you notice, though, during the flashback that Anwar is really just an S&M wife-beating jerkwad? What I noticed during the flashback was that it wasn't him. It was like three different guys. It was like a blonde-haired yeah, guy. Neat. It was like they got some fat dude, and they got the guy who big pussy and the Sopranos. Right. And they got some, it was really weird, but he was a dick, man. Yeah, and Sheetar's, uh she had a bracelet that was made of popsicle sticks. It was like a rubber band popsicle sticks all the way around her arm. What now? Her bracelet. 
was yeah. actual popsicle sticks. I'm not saying it looked like popsicle sticks. I'm saying it was popsicle sticks. And what did they do with the macaroni and the glitter <laughs> for the scene? Maybe that was the original G-string that got uh, ruined. <laughs> no. the oh, I got a clip from uh, Anwar in this too, though. Here. Yeah, where is it? Here we go. I let my schlong do the thinking for me. <laughs> that's like, that's your quote, right? That's on your Twitter feed, isn't it? I let my schlong do the thinking for me. <laughs> That'll be used in multiple shows. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever but, anybody dies... That's what he's complaining about, that he could have done this before, and he was really close, but because of his um, hedonistic tendencies, he was unable to complete the uh, cheerleader original sacrifice or whatever it was because he got, uh, he sexed up the chicks, right? Instead of just sticking with the mission. Instead of sticking with the plan. So he's telling Mm -hmm. these guys, stick with the plan. What what could we come up with? There's like uh, bros before hoes, right? Um, Um, Mission before bitches. I wish you would have gave me. I could have came up with a good one if you gave me more time on that. I know. I just <laughs> yeah. thought missions before bitches. Okay. Okay. We could do awful. better. We so can do better. We're working on. We'll work on that and get back. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. Twitter. Twitter will happen. This is free show, man. Take what you get. Um. So then Anwar tells the boys that they need to get the stomach, I believe, of two immoral go- girls. So they're going to do the same thing all over again, right? Yes. But this time they hit the club. Dressed in the finest goth figure skating costumes anybody has ever seen. You want me on this? You you want me to do my thing here? Absolutely, okay. because you know more about fashion than I do. Somehow, I guess. Uh, they pull up to the club in their van, the rape van. It turns into a scene right out of night at the Roxbury where these guys yes, get out. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Except so, he literally had a figure skating costume on. I'm pretty right. sure that's what that was. Yeah, so Michael is wearing a white onesie uh, that is... Like a leotard onesie that a figure skater would wear, and underneath that is a purple glittery undershirt, like a full-on shiny purple shirt, uh, straight out of like that Will Ferrell ice skating movie, mm-hmm. right? Blades of Glory. Uh, his brother George is wearing a black suit that is completely covered with rhinestones, and a blue and black tiger striped undershirt. Preach. And both of them had on some awesome wigs to make their hair look cool. So. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering: are they trying to like not be noticed because they pulled in up, they pulled up to the club in a van with their name of the restaurant on it? Yeah, right to the front door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once they get up to the front of the uh, the actual Club Dread, yeah. which there is a movie called Club Dread, I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, by the um, cl- uh, Broken Lizard. Wasn't that the name of that movie, Club Dread? I'm gonna have to look that up. Good call. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the bouncer asks them for their ID, so George literally tosses that dummy body right into the street in front of a bouncing lowrider vehicle. In front of a 1964 Impala that has hydraulics, and it is bouncing by, and it bounces right on his head and squishes it for some and reason. And everybody laughs. <laughs> yeah, and even his bouncer buddy <laughs> laughs. He goes like, uh, Steve, are you okay? Yeah. No, Steve's not okay. Yeah, and then uh, he just lets him in. He was like, all right, guys, get in there. <laughs> no cops are called nothing I mean, happens they just okay. the wackiness is just coming out of out of the blue at this point there's just stuff happening everywhere you know you don't even question it anymore so inside the club uh, i'm pretty sure the trilams from revenge of the nerds were performing on stage that night nice dude the um, shake song yep and both george and michael are sticking sticking out like a boner in a speedo Nice. And I, they I took, literally did not blend in. In that eclectic club, they did not blend in at all. No, and that happened just like in the diner. There's, again, there's greasers. There's like some biker guys. There's guys wearing camouflage sitting in a booth. It was just, I, I don't know what they were doing. They're like a theme gang. I have no clue what's <laughs> no going on. No idea, dude. I did take a piece of the song, though, because I think they were going for like an, an Isley Brothers type song. Like kind of like uh, maybe like um, Animal House, a little bit louder now, something like right. that maybe? Yeah, that's that's the song I believe from Ferris okay. Bueller. So I took a little piece of it to see if, if you agreed. Here you go. 
Shake it out, shake, shake, <laughs> shake it out. So th- uh, this is a testament, though. All the music that's in this is good. Very well produced, it, man. It, it doesn't even, it's not even the same genres of music, and it's all good. It's awesome. Yep, I agree. And Did everyone- you notice, too, that they're there looking for um, immoral girls, and they literally scope out the two of the trashiest chicks in the whole place immediately. And those trashy chicks home in on them like whoring missiles. Whoring missiles. Is homing missiles? Whoring missiles. Yep. Ah, that's a winner. Like, look at those sluts. They're that's like, a winner, the girls, like, their, their horror senses perk up, and they're like, did somebody just call us a slut? Where are they at? Oh. So everyone in there also had on, like, a big stupid wig. Like, all the people that were dancing and the people at the bar, everyone was wearing these big wigs, which made me laugh. Wigs is funny to me. Uh, <laughs> and when did they... You say, did you just say wigs is funny? Wigs, wigs is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wigs is funny to me too, friend. Uh, hey, we're we're going we're going pretty good on this. Can I give you a quick side story on wigs? Please do. Okay, me and Adam used to work together at a at a place, and we went to like a thrift store, and we bought these two wigs, and they're like male wigs, and we didn't need wigs. We were kids. We were like nineteen twenty, so we kind of looked like Shaggy and Fred from Scooby Doo, right? <laughs> and we had a company car, and we used to drive it around. So we'd put the wigs on when we were driving, just to see if people would give us funny looks at like stoplights and stuff. <laughs> no. And one time we're driving, we're on our way to work, and there was a dude broken down on the side of the road. So we get out, and we, uh, we, end up, we, <laughs> we, end up, we end up helping him push his car off the side of the road and then giving him a ride. And we wore the wigs the whole time, never made a mention of it. And they were the, the most god-awful, obvious wigs you've ever seen, like $2 wigs. And the dude was uh, never, like, I guess because we were helping him. Never asked, never said a word. We straight faced it the no, whole time. <laughs> yeah, straight faced like, it the whole what's time. Up with those wigs, guys. Well, fuck you. You move your own car. <laughs> right. I've got chemo. I've got so, to go attend I, to. I'm, I'm hoping that he had a really good story for like his buddy when, when he got home. Like, <laughs> I think I think they were wearing wigs, but they were kind of helping me, so I didn't want to. <laughs> but ever since then, uh, wigs have been funny. And I'll, after the show, I'll actually send you a couple pictures of me wearing a wig. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So back okay, back to the show. And they, I will send you a couple of pictures of me wearing a Merkin. What's a Merkin? It's a pubic wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. I just uh, you know. <laughs> all right, back to the show. It's just like a pair of underwear, but it so you have pubes. Maybe like you it. don't, but now you do. Right. So anyway, uh, Detective Jackson and Shepard are now at the competing diner, which I don't think they ever mentioned the name of this diner. No, they didn't, but I'm going to back you up one second. I took a little clip of them hitting on those girls because I thought it was funny as hell. It made me laugh. Every dude in this movie that hits on a woman does it horribly. Yes, bad. I just say that. This guy does the sweetest like line reversal I've ever heard, so I, I, I took it. So I, Do you remember it? Um, I do not. Okay, good. I was hoping you didn't. Check this. Did you from around here? Oh, we're from around here. It's just that our restaurant keeps us pretty busy. Oh, we thought you were in a band. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's just that our cafe's keeping us busy until our LP comes out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. The band. <laughs> that was a yep. sweet reversal, dude. I love I, that. I mean, she just says, like, I thought you were in a band. He could have just... That's like uh, the mark of a pathological liar. Because most people would be like, why would you think that? Oh, because I look cool. Yeah, I'm not in a band. Right. Uh, no, Chip, they were just like, yes. Chevy Chase it. does it great in Vacation where she's like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me you're like a secret agent or something. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Used to be. Used to be. Like, he, he still can't give it up, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you and I, we don't like lions. So we're like, oh no! I, why would you? No, why would you oh, think that? No, God, that man. would be neat, right? <laughs> cool. That's great. All right. But so, um, 
So at the, the competing Greasy Spoon, you get dinner and a show, right? Yes. You get a, a cup of hot soup and the single creepiest mannequin ventriloquist act, bug-eyed, weird. I have no idea what that thing was or why it was in that movie. But literally, the, the diner chef owner um, can't speak to people. He has to speak through his mannequin. Is that what was going on there? I think most of it was. He was like maybe a little awkward, so he would speak through his dummy. I had no clue. And to set this scene up, there's a guy behind the counter talking to the two cops, and they're all real people. And for some reason, there's a life-size mannequin in a chair. It looks like a grubby cowboy with huge bug eyes, like cowboy hat, like full life-size, gross-looking weird thing. Completely unexplained. No reference to it being a mannequin or why it's there or why it's talking. And it somehow takes part in the conversation. And it was unexplained. Please tell me you got a clip of his voice. Uh, I don't think I... If I did, maybe I got it. You're telling me you didn't get a clip of that voice? There it is. There it is. You don't need it. Uh, I am a huge, huge fan of, you know this, man, puppets, mannequins, all that stuff. This was a much, much appreciated, totally unexplained, totally unnecessary addition to the movie for me. Much appreciated. It was weird. I loved it. It just took you right off course. Um, But can I say this? I had another um, revelation. Do you think SpongeBob and Plankton's... Uh, relationship is based off Blood Diner. That's funny, dude. I have a SpongeBob reference later, too. <laughs> <laughs> because you see that the diner's like, all the customers are going over there. They got some sort of secret recipe. I don't know what right? it is. That's what I put, like, the Krabby Patty formula. He's <laughs> trying to get it. That's the same thing I had. Oh, my goodness. Hey, when uh, when the cop, Mark, gives his card to the to the owner of the, the Greasy Spoon or whatever it was called, the card wasn't even card stock. It was, like, flop. It was folding over, like, White aiming down. It, yeah. yeah, it was completely, like, loose-leaf paper that was folding down. Uh, towards the ground when he handed it over. Like, just the wind of him and handing it over folded it down. And <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. So it's not a, what is his name, Patrick Bateman? Oh, and it was. From uh, yeah. American Psycho? That, that's bone. Yeah, it wasn't it's that. bone. It's teeth. Um, so back at the restaurant, I believe, um, I think it was a, uh, Michael and a girl were making out while George and the other girl just stared at them awkwardly. Yeah, and I, I think I've been in that situation before when, like, a buddy's <laughs> hooking up and you're like... Like, uh, you're making out or no, you're no, staring no, at the I, dude? I think, bro, I think you know me better than that. I'm, be, I'm the dude awkwardly uh, <laughs> trying to get out of there, bro. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> like, look at the time, man. And you're like, yeah. you're their ride, so they, they want to continue to make out, so you can't leave until they're done doing yeah. what they're doing. Like, the chick's friend is totally not into you, so you're just kind of stuck there. Like, <laughs> yeah, it Crap. Sucks. But it turned so, out what was weird about that is it turned out that it wasn't that she wasn't into him. It was that he was he's awkward. He wasn't into her, which goes back to the wrestling comment. Was he mad because the guy was making fun of the wrestling or the derogatory comment about it being homosexual? About him being gay. Right. Because the, the Anwar also calls him uh, derogatory gay names throughout the movie. So I think there was definitely something to that. So you're probably right. I, and, I didn't even realize until just now. Yeah. And they did make the cool battered girlfriend joke in that, uh, in that <laughs> scene, which I was, I was totally okay with. <laughs> okay, so imagine, you. okay, something you should like. Um, there is a nude woman in a kitchen setting yep. covered in uh, white, syrupy, drippy, gooey goodness. But it's the most unsexual, unappealing sight you've ever seen for some reason. And basically, you figure out that he's battering her, and we're not talking like punching her. We're talking like Long John Silver's battering right, her. Right, right. Like Bizquick. Like he Bizquicked her up, right? <laughs> and he takes her head, and he throws it into a fryer. So she's laying down. She's getting all sexy time, and he slides her over to the fry, fry 
trap or whatever you call those things. It's the basically fryer, yeah. a vat of of boiling grease, and he dips her head into it. And her head comes out, and it's a perfectly formed hush puppy. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> just imagine. Like, literally, just take a picture of a perfectly uh, baked or perfectly fried Long John Silver's hush puppy, and that was on top of her head, uh, life-size, the size yes. of her head. Which, apparently, I didn't know this either, hot boiling grease basically uh, makes your bones brittle because he knocked her head off with a broom. Yes. And if you don't mind me expanding on the scene a little bit. No, absolutely not. Okay. During the, when he was frying her head, uh, she reached up and ripped out his earring, and I almost cheered at that point. So that was cool, because you didn't have to look at that stupid earring anymore. But this was the scene that I originally saw on YouTube that um, roped me in. I think uh, Aaron had sent it to me and told me where to see it. And I watched this scene alone. It was worth the movie. Like It was amazingly Just great. Just seeing this, yeah. It was awesome, completely awesome. Just I sent, a cornbreaded dome. Right. I sent it. That's funny you have that. So I sent the scene to Gene. I was like, hey, this is the next movie we're doing. Um, skip ahead to whatever minutes it was and watch it for about two minutes. And his quote back to me was, decapitated corn dog noggin with a side of dustpan. That's what he said <laughs> back to me, <laughs> which pretty much explains the scene. Yep. Uh, but, but another funny part was when I was sending it to Gene, I was looking forward to, to find it, to find the minute mark for him. And my wife was behind me, uh, in the, uh, behind the desk working on something. And she had glanced over during it, and she's like, what in the hell are you watching? And I'm next laughing. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, it's, it's, it's our next movie. And she's watching it because you know, right away it's the naked chick, so she's already mad at me and the whole deal, right? Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing over there? And uh, she finishes that just that little one-minute portion of the movie, and she's like, yeah, I think I want to watch that movie with you. Did she <laughs> watch it with you? Dude, we didn't have a chance, but we're going to watch it. Even though we didn't get a chance to, before we recorded, we are watching it after. She's still interested in watching it. Just based off one minute of this that scene, she wants to watch the whole movie. Awesome, dude. That's how awesome it is. You know? And the other chick was dressed like Princess Jasmine, in case you were wondering. Yeah, and she has the biggest horror movie cliche in the entire movie. Right, because per- she stumbles upon, um, basically, was it um, Michael making an inner scramble with his date that he just knocked her head off. Yep. And um, she fumbles around a little bit. She literally could have escaped. She's out the door. She forgot her purse. Oh, yeah. She did, in, she did escape. She was out. <laughs> she was out. Goes back in to get her purse. Drops all of her contents of her purse onto the ground. Fumbles with that to load it up. And then she gets killed by basically George cutting her in half. And the contents of her purse uh, were... Like a, a eyeliner... Nope. Uh, maybe a pencil. Nope. It was tampons and baseball cards. <laughs> oh, no. That's what fell out of her purse. <laughs> Some of those are really valuable. <laughs> she's got my. She's got my. Uh, I don't know baseball. My got my Don Mattingly. <laughs> it's a Roger Clemens rookie. I got to get in there. <laughs> but she got completely chopped in half lengthwise. So I thought that was kind of neat. And that was yeah, years cool. before. Um, Thirteen Ghosts or any of the other movies that have done it a million times before. So yeah, much like the the bar scene from Raw Force, which is a very short portion of the movie that really sells it and packs a lot of cool stuff in there. This scene really sold the movie for me. Good stuff. Yeah, and just like Blood Feast, they get all the information they need to solve the case from somebody who, uh, an archaeologist basically who t- teaches Numerian or Lumerian um, culture. Right? She looked just like Barbara Streisand. And she was wearing kids' pajamas. <laughs> and why was she in such a goddamn rush? That's like the most hurried archaeologist I've ever seen. And I was like, get out of the ground. Let's go. Move, move. Get out of my way. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she was rushing around. She couldn't stop to talk to anybody. But yeah, I looked at her. I'm like, man, that looks like Barbara Streisand lookalike. She really laid out the entire plot of the movie. 
Um, she did mention even the blood buffet. Yep. Um, and the detectives still really don't put it together. Yeah, and uh, I, maybe I missed this here. I watched the movie twice, but I didn't catch it. Um, I assume what they brought her was the medallion, but how did the medallion, how did they get the medallion to give to her, the ornament? Yeah, I think, well, wasn't one of the, no, Connie wasn't wearing it. No. Maybe uh, at the crime scene, they just picked it up. Uh, maybe, I guess, but that wasn't explained. Like, how? what, what was the... Well, I mean, if they had seen the crime scene at Tootman Cafe, yeah. Right. Be, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah. Flaw. Yeah, a little bit. No so George and Michael whip out some more uh, hookers to feed all the good bits to their customers. Um, they also sell Tootman Cafe t-shirts, which we will have available soon. Where? Right. That will be on steve52.com. And on the bottom, there's a link to our shirts. And it is awesome. I can't wait. Can't wait either. Um, the Numerian stew is selling like whore cakes. <clears throat> whore cakes. Number two, Sledge. Two for the show already. We're now we're in. Got two. Uh. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, I think Michael tells Connie that they're going to go. George is going to wrestle Hitler Jimmy. Um, and I'm sure she's amazed because that sounds like a, a perfect for first date, right? I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yeah, if he wasn't giving her the old Jedi mind trick, I don't think Connie would have been anywhere around any of these guys. And another throwaway scene right after that, the IRS agent shows up to check the books, which was stupid. Uh, you know what I liked about that scene is that he takes him in back, he opens the door, and walks out – I mean, he walks like in, the door is barely foods, closed. Right? Yeah, he he walks it through the door with the guy, and the door hasn't even closed all the way yet, and he walks back out with the guy's fingers um, to fry him up and, and eat him. Like the, I thought the timing was funny on that, just how, how quick you're supposed to imagine he killed the dude and chopped his hands off, you know. Did you notice when he brought out the finger foods, though, one of the guys wearing the diaper on his head who was previously an employee but now is a customer um, bit into the food and then choked slightly? Uh, it, how, about when he, wait, how about when he choked on his own food and he takes out the... Uh, he takes out the um, the cartridge case, like like they shot him with the cartridge case of the not the not the slug of the body. Like somehow the cartridge yeah, was in the body. The actual, actual shell casing, right? It was <laughs> was in the body. Like yeah, okay. Oh god, that was great. Yeah. So, um, um, <laughs> one of my favorite lines ever. Um, I know you probably didn't clip it because it probably just went by too fast. Um, Uncle Anwar tells the boys to get their tongue tongues out of their asses. <laughs> And then, uh, he was always you, berating your, him. Get your tongues out of your asses and find an ugly bitch to complete the blood buffet. Oh, dude, he was berating them constantly, and he was great, man. I loved it. So that's when I think George goes to, I, I believe it was called Nature Cave, and one of the most shocking and um, unexpected things happens. Actually, two shocking and unexpected things happen. Do you remember? First was the biker, correct? No. Um, really? I thought the, well, the, at first he runs down the, the fat biker repeatedly on the way to Nature Cave, right? Was the fat biker vitamin C? No, I don't think so. Was it? I don't know. Rest in peace, vitamin C. I, I don't I, think so. I thought maybe it was, but I, I couldn't tell. There was a... He was mad at him because of the wrestling comment, right? Yeah, so he was. probably was vitamin C. I thought maybe it was, and then I noticed the soundtrack at this point was really cool. They were playing this really good music while he was in the van. It just like had me... The mambo music? had me bobbing my head, dude. I just loved it, <laughs> dude. It was awesome. It's really surreal because it's like, it's not horrific. It's very upbeat, happy-sounding music. Right, and this is this is where I wrote down that the biker scene was very trauma-esque. Like, that was a total, like, Absolutely. Toxic Avenger trauma-esque scene. And the... Funniest thing, dude. I had to rewind it twice to make sure I saw it. And, uh, dude, you got to watch this again just to see this part. When he runs over the biker, the biker's laying down. 
there's holes in the crotch of his pants from him chafing, like on the inner thigh. There's two huge <laughs> holes in his pants. <laughs> you gotta watch it, dude. It's awesome. Dude, sometimes some thighs they they get that. Uh... They get that friction, just light it right up. You remember when we were watching uh, Iron Fingers of Death, and we caught that one extra that had like a hole right in his, <laughs> hole right in his butt. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It was bloody, a bloody butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so watch this again and check the biker's crotch out, dude. He's got two humongous. Like you could fit a baseball Don't through miss the holes. That biker's crotch. <laughs> Don't miss it. <laughs> so that Nature Cove, though, or Nature Cave. Yeah. Um, you got some guy just being a super creepy pervert, pervert, just trying to get this chick to, and she's actually into it. She takes all of her clothes off. And then, um, dude, he, he has a pretty good comment, too. Uh, she was talking about animals or something. something, And he says, uh, the only animal... Ch- what does he say? The only animal chopping on your sweet meat is going to be me. Right. It's something funny. Like that. It was really bad. He had the really bad lines, but she was eating it up. And uh, she said something that I totally would have said. I even laughed to myself. I was, I was going to bring it up to you. But at one point, he's like, hey, let's uh, you know, let's do it here. Lay down on the beach or whatever. And she's like, I don't know. It looks like there'd be like some bugs around or something. And that's totally what I would say. Like, I don't like like bugs and stuff around here. <laughs> this is not cool, I'm man. Not, it's probably like, cold. You're right on the coast. I don't like bugs. She's naked. <laughs> bugs and sand in your butt. Yeah. Everything else. But then but anyway, you get, George you get, basically throws him against the rocks, dashes him against the rocks. Superhuman um, strength. Um, and then she does a naked karate fight with him, full, which I think is glorious and weird and weirdly glorious. It was just frontal, ridiculous. Full frontal nudity. Yeah, she's Com- completely naked completely and she naked. whoops his ass, basically, until um, basically a stalactite drops from the top of the cave and hits her right on the top of the head and kills her. Completely random, have no clue why it happened uh but it saved george's life and i was happy that this actually you know what you know what bothered me about this scene i don't like when people make um quote quote kung fu sounds like the like i don't i don't like that man so i don't love kung fu movies so i love kung fu movies and they do it right but i don't like in in like normal stupid big time movies where they do like a stupid kung fu sound that bothers me so that bothered me but she was naked so i gave it a pass you know i'm gonna commend you too steve because you never once mentioned his banana hammock no, it was red though. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought she had some pretty cool skills because she did the old, uh, um, what is it called? The crotch twist pull. You know, Seth? Oh, yeah, yeah. She did the, the full grab and twist, right? Grab, twist, pull, man. I mean, that's an old Marine Corps technique. So, you know what? I'm pulling up a sound clip right now from. Steve old... will mention his banana. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old clip from Envision USA you reminded me of. <laughs> I figured you were going to do it, so I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Leaps and bounds. Um, Anyway, Michael picks up some horror from the club, right? As the cops descend on it, on George's crime scene. And I thought that was really quick because he literally, he didn't even murder anybody. He killed the, or the chick got killed by stalactite. Do you notice, did you notice though, the uh, dude was losing his shit like the guy from Blood Feast? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Whatever her name was, was, he was just totally losing his shit. It was a total remake of that scene where he's crying, talking to the cops, you can barely hear him. Do you have that clip? I didn't because I already have it from Blood Feast and it was stupid. So, <laughs> but the funniest part of that was uh, when he was stuffing her in the van. He he, she's like a dummy at this point. You know they switched her for a mannequin and he just turns around. and He's all pissed off because she kicked his ass and he just boots the mannequin like right in the torso and it kind of falls apart. Like the whole body <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> there's that so was many. Cool, man. There's so many little throwaway funny. Dude, like, what about Detective projects? Shepard doing a complete crime scene walkthrough with a pistol as a pointer? Uh, not only a pistol as a pointer, he's scratching his temple with it. Yeah. The barrel like, of the gun. Hey, I need you fellas, you know, pointing <laughs> his pistol. And then at the end, he has like a little AD right next to his head. An ND, yeah. Negligent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was an accident. It was yeah, ND. Yeah. It was, Definitely it was ne- bad. negligent discharge. Yeah. Um, 
It was gun and safety. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he would. You would have lost your mind. Hey, and during that scene, they're they're talking, still talking about the biker, and they're like, "Oh, but we found a dead biker, one of the cannibal gang." And they're like, "No, no, no, he died of a heart attack." <laughs> <laughs> Even after George ran him over like four times. Yeah, oh, a heart attack. Yep. <laughs> no, no, mean, don't worry the about it. Marks mean nothing. Don't worry about it. He died of a heart attack. <laughs> but then at this point, Detective Shepard then has to go. I forget this guy's name. He has to go interview the guy who broke the Anwar case 20 oh, years prior, uh, right? Stat- Staten. It's I think the last name was Stanton like or Staten Staten. or something. Yeah, yeah. While Michael and George are finally preparing for the blood buffet, the movie is drawing to a close now. Um, what was it? What happened then? They're preparing so first, for he, they go to interview the dad, and the dad turns out to be Connie's dad, right? That's wasn't she talking about? She had a dad that was a cop, right? And so right. it is her dad. It yeah. is her dad. They interview him because they're saying a lot of um, similarities between this case and the Anwar N- Nantut case from from back in the day. He was the lead yes. that, sh- that shot him. And uh, the I really, you know who I liked in that scene? I liked the wife. She was a very small part of the scene, but every time they'd mention Anwar, she would just <gasps> scream hysterically. Kind of like when they, they mention uh, Frau Blucher and like Young Frankenstein and the horses. Frankenstein. Like the horses like... <laughs> She would scream every time they mentioned the name, and uh, I looked her up, man. And this is the only thing she's done. But I really liked it's her in that the scene. The only thing most yeah. of these people in this movie had done. That's yeah. why the pick the payday would never yeah. have worked. Right? She was awesome in that scene. I really liked her. So then you good, get the, you get the correlation too. there, yeah. But at this point, while that's happening, concurrently, there's a lot of moving parts now. Things are coming to a close. We've talked about it often. Things are getting rushed. They're just throwing it in. Um, the competing diner owner goes in to steal. Um, Basically, I don't think he even knew what he was going in to steal because he didn't know about Uncle Anwar's no, brain. No. The Krabby Patty formula is what he was looking yeah. for. That's what I wrote down. And, and the, the dummies tell him, like, no, stand up. See, this I caught a really cool uh, continuity error here. When they show him outside the cafe, he's he's smoking a cigarette sitting in the passenger seat of the car. And then on right. the very next cut, they show him and he's in the driver's seat of the car. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. So um, Michael is arranging the setting of the Blood Buffet at a local club. Um what is this? I guess he promises them that there's going to be some sort of drug there too, that everybody's going to have a really good time during the feast. Yeah. It's a bag full of like paintballs. And I, what drug looks like? I said antacids. It was, yeah, it was like perfect. Like circles. And you know, I'm not, I don't know a lot about, I'm, I'm a big nerd, right, man. But like, is, is there any drug that looks like a paintball? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think so. if there is, no, it's not very, stuff, so. yeah, it's not very uh, mainstream. If there is, I guess. Right. it's a giggle pig. <laughs> I never saw it on a breaking bad. If it's, if it's real, <laughs> it said giggle pig finally hitting the streets. Giggle pig. Um, so anyway, detective Shepard, I do notice, um, had the copy of stash you could ask for. It was awesome. And his yeah. shorts were on point. It was awesome. He had the long, uh, the tall white socks. My dad still wears to this day. Oh, don't yeah. mention those. I got to bring those up later. Okay. Oh, but then, while he's talking to Detective Stanton, he shows the flashback that clearly shows um, Anwar being shot at night. Right. Right? So Which, now you know that it was that's... during the day. In the beginning. That's, that's when you find out that this is the guy that killed the uncle, and that's the tie-in to the case, right? That's right. And right. it's Connie. So now they're getting a little bit of revenge for Uncle Anwar, blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't think they even know that, though. Yeah, yeah and, and here's a, uh, here's a spoiler. Uh, Nantut is... Backwards for Tutman, the Tutman Cafe. What? No. There you go. Shut the front door. <laughs> there you Shut go. The front door. Because <laughs> doesn't Sheba figure that out by looking in the mirror when he gives her the name, I'm like a, on the van or something? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So George gets in the ring for some reason with Jimmy Hitler. I have no <laughs> idea why this was in the movie at all. Um, I also had no idea again. 
that if you bite somebody's calf, arterial blood spray will happen. Dude, Mikey Dennis the Ministon, bro, with a with a. <laughs> mm-hmm. So George is losing to what was the name Hitler? Jimmy Hitler. Jimmy Hitler. He's losing. So Michael in the crowd with Connie pulls out no joke like a, a piece of wood shaped like a Y, like exactly what um like Dennis the Menace's mom would take mm-hmm. out of his back pocket before he went mm-hmm. to school, and hits him with like a little pebble and uh, distracts him enough so that George can uh, bite a hole in the, the the infamous calf artery, right? <laughs> I guess. I'm telling you, bodies don't work that way. I'm no doctor. I'm not a medical <laughs> professional. But that's not how it works. Yeah, Dennis the Menace, bro. And then it sprays all like in Connie's face. <laughs> and then he spits out the chunk of calf into Connie's face. <laughs> I forgot about that. So gnarly. But then she's upset and wants to go home. And in front of everybody in the crowd, he punches her right across the face and knocks her out. It's like, she had too much to drink or something like Look, that. Look, we've, we've all been to a public event with our wife where she gets a little bit out of shape, out of, um, out of line. I just punch her out, man. Throw her over my shoulder and take her out of there. She's obviously disturbed because of the blood. He's not having it. He knocks her out. Boom, one punch, and takes her home. What better way to handle that? <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Oh, dude, it was great So scene. awesome. It was an awesome scene. Ugh. Um. I thought the scene with George Mooning, uh, Detective Jackson, was pretty funny because she throws like a whole hamburger as butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it even gets like the uh, the secret sauce, <laughs> like pickles and stuff all stuck to his ass cheeks. The, uh, the subtle uh, nods aren't so subtle anymore. Right, right. and that's uh, actually that's the port point where um, she notices the the Tutman on the back of the van, and she had written down the name um, Namtut because that's Anwar's last name, Anwar Namtut. And that's when she kind of puts together, hey, we got we to gotta go to the Tutman Cafe. Got a solid lead now. Yeah. So at this point, the boys take Connie to the diner. Um, they find out that Uncle Anwar is missing. Um, Detective Jackson moves in. All of a sudden, her Australian accent is full on, like 100% Australian. Yeah. Good day, mate. Um, knocked out and hung, hung up. By I forget who it was George or Michael. They knock her out. They hang her up. Michael knocks her um, out. And puts her on a meat hook. And then uh, Stan's restaurant. The boys finally rescue Uncle Anwar. Um, who tells them the boys should stop effing around? And I'm not talking about fucking around. Right. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. I was like, wow, man, it's just pulling it right out. Um, they get in and then they cut that dude's both of his arms off. And I thought this was hilarious. Totally awesome. They first they stick a knife in his shoulder and it's never even mentioned again. No, not at all. They stick a knife in his shoulder. He acts like it never happens, and the whole rest of the scene, he has a knife sticking out of his shoulder. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. awesome. But then they like they cut one arm off, and it sprays just gloriously, man. It's yes. amazing. Yep. Then they cut his other arm off, but he's able to get in his car and drive away. No, well, they cut the first arm off at the door, so he runs to his car and gets in the car. Then they grab his other arm through the car door and cut that arm off, so he just uses his forearms and elbows and, and rolls just out with like, like blood. A guy with two, <laughs> two paper towel rolls on the end of his arms. <laughs> Spraying blood out onto the windshield with the windshield wipers on because you got to. I don't know why, because the blood's on the inside, but whatever. Um, and he runs into the side of the mountain, and the only thing that was missing was a huge explosion for that car. Because I was expecting, like, as soon as he drives into the side of the mountain, the whole car just erupts in, in a ball of flame. The, the best part of that scene was that the dude never made a mention of pain or that his arms were cut off. And he no, was just like, oh my God, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, he was he was uh, grumbling to himself with no arms while he was driving, like, oh, these rat bastards, I'm gonna get them. <laughs> He's like, so mad, dude. <laughs> so that, that was a hilarious scene, dude. Loved it. So Shepard actually does something uh, worthwhile for once. He uh, is able to rescue Jackson. Um, and then at the same time, he tries to pervert boobs. Yep. 
What does yeah. he do? Like he's patting her down, like make her like untying her. Well, to to cut her down, he sticks the switchblade like under her belt and cuts her belt off. So you kind of he has to undo her buttons, right? Yeah, and then instead of using his fingers to undo her buttons, he's like cutting her buttons off of the switchblade, and you don't see that it's him. So it's kind of a little misdirect, I guess. You're thinking it's one of the guys, and they're gonna um, you know assault her or whatever, but it turns out to be. Uh, her partner assaulting her instead of the uh, bad guys. Like, I wasn't going to go past the <laughs> even, second or third, but <laughs> e- even worse than the uh, bad guys was her partner assaulting her. <laughs> he treated he treated her worse than they did. <laughs> I know, dude. It's bad. So then they're driving to the club in the van. Now, whose brain did they put in? That wasn't Sheetar's head, right? Or was it that he was sawn? Yes, that was Sheetar's head. And did he put? He didn't put uh, Anwar's yes. brain in yes, there. Yes, he right? put Anwar's brain in there. Yes, which is weird. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I thought I that was weird, but I thought it was neat the the sawing motion he was doing while he's in the back of the van. Oh yeah, it's like he's cutting a coconut in half, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Anwar is like, uh, now place me place me gently in her head, and he's like using his elbow to like jam the brain down into her. Yeah, <laughs> into it's her like dome. literally like just imagine the tiniest, um, like maybe a stress reliever brain that you would buy at a, at a thrift store or a gift shop or a something. A red sponge. Yeah, yeah and he just slams it right in your brain. Yeah, there you go. There it goes. Um, and they go to the feast, and at the club, um, that was the worst music in the whole movie. I loved I it. I loved it, dude. Oh I, I, I did. I liked the... the did you the, get a cut, cut of that? No, 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 no I, I didn't. But it was the visuals were great. The guy's hair and his outfit were outstanding. I liked the backup dancers, and I liked the song. I thought it was great. Did you notice that everybody was having grand mal seizures? Did you see that they take a big liverwurst out of his pants and they start cutting it up and throwing it to the crowd? <laughs> oh, did you notice that when they were eating the meat, um, the green makeup was coming off their face? Uh, hey, there was a guy that had like male pattern baldness and I saw a little green smudge like in the bald spot. Like they even put a little <laughs> green on the bald spot in his, in his oh, head. <laughs> this is really getting crazy because the boys move in. Um, the blood buffet is going to be at full um, full speed ahead here in a second. Uh, I think we could say safely say that everybody was under the influence of goofballs in that club. <laughs> goofballs. Um, and the, the, all the patrons basically turn into like really shitty, like green makeup zombie monsters that all of a sudden have a, a taste for flesh, right? Yeah, he pulls in a big cast iron skillet uh, or not, a cast iron cauldron and puts it in front of the stage and then just scatters some metal utensils around it, like some spoons like, on the and ground. And nobody uses the spoons. I think some spoons animals. on the ground. You know, that, you know, I did, didn't sit well with me at all. <laughs> when I saw that. And then, uh, yeah, the, the, the quote, quote effect of the, of the people going crazy was just what you said, like not even full green paint, but just like some smudges of green on their cheeks and forehead, you know, not very well done. And sometimes I guess they'd run out neck. of their special effects budget, maybe. Maybe I did like the. Uh, I do like when they paint eyelids on uh, eyes onto people's eyelids, though. That's something that I love. Because uh, she had her eyes closed. Uh, Sheetar had her eyes closed, but they had painted a real eye onto the top eyelid, and it right. gives so a really when she weird opens effect. It, it has that really creepy effect. Yeah, I, I like that. That's really cool to me. That was pretty neat. So they I liked the, her. Uh, her stomach vagina better, but dude. whatever. I mean, you got your thing, I got mine, uh, right? Dude, her teeth and the stomach was... Dude, those effects were amazing. I love How much them. did you enjoy the uh, Hitler band with horns? Loved it. Loved it. Dude, you didn't, really didn't like that band? I thought that was just wacky oh, as could be. Super fucking weird, man. Like, Jimmy Hitler and now a Hitler band? What's the deal, man? Uh, I, I, think, I think sometimes that symbol is used just for the shock value, not for the um, what it really represents, you know? Right. So I th- I'm guessing that's what it is. You know, this lady's uh, Jackie Kong. She's uh, you know, maybe, I'm guessing not from the USA. I could be wrong there, but I'm, I'm guessing just based on what she thought would be the groups in a 1980s diner. 
Yeah, but you got plenty of people to tell you, like, hey, man, not cool. Maybe, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe she she's a uh, wants her stuff done her way. You know, you know they, you know, people get, but yeah, it did. It, I, I thought the band was cool because it was so out there, like just wacky as could be. Did you notice though that when the uh, when Sheba and uh, Shepard show up, the bouncer was trying to charge him a cover charge? Yep. <laughs> Nobody gets in without a ticket. <laughs> the best bouncer ever. <laughs> like people are getting eaten alive inside. People there's a, are there's dying. A, like I need. Seven dollars. That's a continuity error there too. She had a revolver when she busted up into the cafe, and then when they take her out of there, she had a nineteen eleven. Yeah, like all of a sudden, <laughs> it's a different gun. She yeah. upgraded, man. She knows what kind of danger she's in. Yeah, I guess she sticks it in the bouncer's mouth. That's her ticket. They let her in. <laughs> so just like the other movie, uh, what was the sacrifice for? You know what I mean? Like she was, she Tar was she already, already changed. There was no sacrifice right. at all. And just like. Um, Beastmaster, the guy had like a million opportunities right. to kill Connie, and he just kept turning and right. Wait, what? Oh, wait, you're fine. What? But to just we should describe Sheetar here because it is totally awesome. She's um, naked, of course, and uh, very attractive um, body on her. Is it, I don't know if that was the real body. Was that like a latex? You think? No, I think that, that was real? just a um, painted foam application okay. on her stomach. So she had a, a really, really extremely pointed, like needle-like teeth. Not not the classic pointy teeth like you would think of, but like there was huge gaps between them, which was very unsettling. Amazing, very unsettling. like demon ass, very yeah, demon ass. And then her stomach was split vertically from her sternum down to her belly button, a straight line down, and that was split apart. And there were teeth on the left and right sides of that, so she had a vertical, big mouth. Right in her Vagina. chest and yeah, you know, yeah, or that. Right in her uh, chest and stomach area that would open and close like it was trying to eat people, and it was awesome, really cool. I loved it, dude. I love yeah. just just mouths filled with just really pointed, jagged, gross looking teeth. Yeah, that I uh, love it. the owner of the Greasy Spoon Diner had a pretty messed up set of black teeth too. If you're into that, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a fan of those so much. Right, but right, those right, big gotcha. old, just you know, gnarly demon teeth, man. Right. Right. So, uh, basically, it's just mass chaos. Like flesh people is chomped, are eating people. Is they're pulled. shooting people. They're shooting. There's eating. It's nuts. The band is still playing. Some of the band is dying. It's craziness. Yep. Sheetar um, starts shooting la- uh, like electricity beams out of her hands. Ugh, people's brains are exploding. I'm just gonna nuts. say too. Lightning looked like shit. Yeah, it did, and it reminded. It's really you, hard to get good lighting. There's in, in eight movies. more than one uh, movie we've seen that has these weird effects too, like a. Uh, Masters of the Universe, right, where they have this yes. weird, stupid effect that doesn't match the effects of the rest of the movie, and it really had no bearing at all. I mean, she could didn't just, need it. Yeah, it she didn't need it all. She could have done like um, a cool shaking of her, like maybe a a Jedi mind trick again, where she sh- like a close up of her eyes and then a close up of the dude's brain exploding. I'd have been cool with that. That would have been fine, right? You could have, you probably could have saved, you know, two grand right. doing that, <laughs> right? Shepard and Jackson blast their way, uh, basically killing everybody in the club because they're all infected by goofballs yep. or whatever. They meet hook. It, they, they meet hook Mark. If that's what you're getting to. No, I put um. Eh, whatever. It, basically, Sheetar's killing everybody. They're trying to come in there, um, and then at this point, Shepard uh, kills Michael. Right. Yes, Shepard uh, shoots Michael through the eye, I believe. And then that infuriates George, right. who then uh, does the um, the hook on the chain. Right. He throws like a big meat hook through um, the cops calf and drags him back and he's actually getting pulled towards like she towards uh, uh stomach puss right with teeth now right and i thought at this point i thought what would happen was that she would eat mark the cop the sleazy mm-hmm. cop and that he would have turned out to be a virgin and the, and the sacrifice would still be complete oh, no, so. right because he was so he was so like 
douchey through the whole movie, like ladies' man. I thought for sure he would have turned out to be the like, sacrificial oh, it virgin. Turns out he was a virgin, right. kind of like a, a twist on the Monster right. Squad. But I think they still twisted it because if you want to explain what happens next, but um, Sheba kicks George's head right into that fang puss. Right, Sheba comes up, kicks George in instead of the cop. And I think maybe that was saying that George had never been with a woman, kind of like how they'd been alluding the whole movie that, uh, you know, that maybe yeah, he was. If you've been with a man, you're still not a virgin. True, but they didn't say that he had been that that way anyway. More that just he was um, uncomfortable never, in that area, yeah, right? Right. right. Yeah. So I think that I don't, maybe I'm giving them that. Maybe that's not true, and I'm just giving them more than they were giving us. But I thought I took that as maybe that was the completion. He was the virgin. Well, just so you know, too, the cops are still in that because Sheetar sneaks right out of the crime scene. Yeah, and for the record, I don't like high heels. That's not sexy to me. So just just, put <laughs> it, just throwing it out there, dude. Like they have about, a lot of what clo- about feet binding? Not a, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> uh, they had a lot of close-ups of like chicks high heels walking yes. around in like a sexual like quote quote like you're in a, a ZZ Top video right and you're showing like legs so and high heels. I mean, it's like I I find it comfortable if you're or sexy if you're just comfortable. Are you having a good time? Right. You, you know. Not a nice I, pair of all stars, no problem, dude. Like, yep, I have no day. issue with that. So, Chuck I, Taylor's, I'm good. Yep, I, I, I picture those feet just being jammed up into the toe area of that. Horns that you got to sand off those things, right. man. <laughs> so, there's another little um, fun fact about my uh, my phobias. <laughs> there's another one. <laughs> what are we up to? Like 37, dude. You know? I never thought that when we started doing this, uh, I would learn so much about myself. <laughs> it's therapy. Does everybody know too that Steve does these uh, shows laying on a, a couch? <laughs> I, I have to because I'm uh, having anxiety attacks the whole time. So. <laughs> uh, um, so this is one of my favorite lines ever. Please, God, tell me you can't. I, I, I know what it is, and I didn't take it because it was so <sighs> dirty. It was so dirty, dude. You really wanted she's that? Walk, dude, she's walking the street. Um, she's picked up by the douchiest of douchebags ever yep. in like a, a convertible car of some sort. Um, I'm going to say he's the most original cocktard asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, he basically says, hey, baby, right before I stick my sausage in you, what do they call you? Yep. He also and says. what's her answer? Uh, Cheetar. <laughs> With her big mouth full of, like, Needle teeth. Pinchers. A- and in Anwar's voice, not a chick voice. Yeah. Like, uh-oh. He, he also tells she her. She can go to the bathroom wherever she wants to. I don't yeah. care. He also told her that he's hot, bothered, and horny. <laughs> Hey, but you know what's funny about that? Uh, even after she opens her mouth with those teeth and and talks with a man's voice, uh, he's still he's still down. He's like, all right, well, let's yep, go. They drove away together. It didn't bother you got a him. Meth mouth, but we'll we'll make sure it happens. I thought It'll she was going to lean over and like kill him, but no, he actually like rolled out with her. <laughs> still down. I wonder if uh, now if his um, you think she tarsus his uncle Anwar is going to still be like as sexually perverse with an innie instead of an Audi. I would guess that uh, that goes without saying that he was just a deviant, and that's even better for him. Now, maybe that's why he wanted to be in there, you know? But it's the perfect ending to the movie, wouldn't you suggest? Oh, dude, that, that the whole nightclub scene, there was, like, story-wise, who knows? Who knows what was going on? Why were they even there? What were they doing? Why did the people turn green? Why did, were they sacrificing her? Did they really even need to do why that? Why is there a mannequin? Why is a mannequin talking like a real person? No one's saying anything about it. Uh, shit was going down. This movie is gonzo. It was awesome. Insano, man. Yeah. It's a million degrees of crazy, and I love it. I did, too. So um, thanks for the uh, recommend. Yes, this was a great one. One thing that I thought that might have made it a little teeny bit better was um, I thought that the book they used, the, um, what is it, Black Magic of Vanished Cultures, 
Oh, you um, mean strange uh, ancient rituals or whatever see, from Blood Feast? I wish they would have actually named it that, like gave, it th- gave that little nod. That would have been cooler to me because they showed the book a couple times and it was such a, a big part of Blood Feast. I thought, hey, man, they, why didn't they use that, man? That was a little homage, you know? I'm just thinking it was probably rights, man. Because, I mean, they, that literally was probably the closest you could do to rip off Blood Feast all the way. And so maybe just having that in there would have been a total yeah. uh, violation of, of um, copyright or something. Yeah, okay. I, I really have little to nothing to complain about in this movie. Uh, I think that if you are a fan of um, any of these type of movies, Evil Dead 2, Troll uh, Troll 2, any of, the, any of those the movies that are kind of more mainstream-y, uh, what would you call it? Like the, uh, I guess the cult classic movies, really. It's just a cult classic, yeah, dude. This one it's just really a, is. It's an easy watch. You can turn it on anytime you want. Right. It'll always make you happy. Right. You know? I think you this could, one any, is a Any winner. part of that movie, you're going to get eye candy. You're going to get gore. You're going to get boobs. You're going to get exactly what you go into this movie to watch. Right. They did this right. Again, this is horror comedy done right. That's a hard thing to mix. Um, usually, excuse mm-hmm. one too far one way or the other. Uh, this for me is a, is a must watch. And I hope that, um, after listening to this, if you haven't seen it, I, I think this is good for just about anybody, man. If you're, if you're into this kind of movies. Yep. What do you got? Anything else? Are you good? I'm good, buddy. All right. Let me see. What is your favorite part of this movie? The scene, the silly little scene of the uh, eyeballs flying out in the beginning, um, at the beginning with the shovel, because that just kind of fills you in on what kind of universe you're going into. lets you know what kind of uh, movie you're, you're to expect. And don't take yourself too seriously. I agree. And it was really hard for me to pick a favorite. That was definitely one of my favorites. It, it sets the tone. Uh, had me laughing right in the beginning. Um, I went ahead and went with the unexplained black mannequin character just because it was so. <laughs> I thought he was more Hispanic. <sighs> there you go. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> no, but I do I do want to honorable mention that Friar scene, man, because that's the one that really more than one person has seen. Just that minute of the of movie has made people want to watch. Uh, Cornbread. The whole movie. Right. So cool. that, definitely. Uh, what was your least? Uh, I'm going to say um, when the stalactite fell from the ceiling and hit nice. her in her dome, that was just so disjointed. Uh, it made absolutely no sense. He still could have killed her, even though she was whooping his ass. It was just, it was stupid. Hey. I have no idea when they threw that in there. It's funny you say that because I actually like that part. But uh, Can I thank them for the beaver attack? But I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> the untamable. The untamable, <laughs> the untamable beaver. beaver attack. Yeah. Uh, that's funny because mine's the same scene, but it's the dumb kung fu noises that she made from the the naked chick oh. on the beach. Yeah, that that bothered me. Uh, so I'm gonna start doing that more often around you. Like you come over for dinner, yeah. I'll be cooking dinner. Thank oh. you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unique star rating. Uh, I wasn't really good with this one, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I give this movie five out of four filthy missions where we have to go and collect two lungs, four hearts, and five limbs <laughs> from immoral girls hanging out of club dread. That is not bad, man. Uh, I give it. Uh, zero correct gun handlers out of a possible two because there was absolutely no proper Nobody had gun any handling. fucking clue what they were doing with the firearm and then no clue whatsoever man uh blah life lesson learned okay so the life lesson i learned from this movie is the tutman cafe is kind of what i figured all vegan restaurants are like anyway oh man you know i've never <laughs> been to a have you ever been to one i've never been to one no, because I'm afraid it'll look just like the Tetman Cafe. Because you're afraid when you walk in, they're going to be like, you know, right? <laughs> look at this guy. Meat eater. Meat eater, get out. <laughs> he smells like hot dogs. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> You've got sausage on your lips. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, what was it? Life lesson learned. Um, for me, really, really don't ever try to get romantic on a beach at night. Really. Because yeah. this is like how many in a row? How many in a row do we have to watch before you get that? You know. Can Sledge do a public safety announcement, a PSA for that? 
Dude. Please, God, Sledge, do a PSA for unsafe beach practices. There's your next chore, buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Schlockernaut protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, you want to start this one? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, how many dog dicks were needed on the shopping list? Uh, I can reference, right? Yeah. Where's my... This will make for good radio. Let me look through papers. This is a two-parter, by the way. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. This will make for good radio. Let's see. No, I just I just have dog dicks. I don't have the number. There were six. Uh, and would you eat them if you didn't live a gluten-free lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've made it clear in other shows I don't eat anything phallic-shaped at all. It has to be cut <laughs> no. into chunks. No. No bananas. No, bananas, no corn dogs. No what about a corn dog? No corn dogs. Okay. Not even like chocolate bar donuts, bro. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Goes, it looks <laughs> like a pecker. It's it all needs to be cut up with a knife and a fork first. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, mine, mine is, uh, was that chick's, uh, I know you think that that chick's head came out of Hush Puppy, but is it possible that it was a donut hole? <laughs> could it have been? It could have been a donut hole, yes. Okay. Believe it or not, me and Aaron had about a five-minute discussion on this. We're trying to figure out how donut holes are made and how hush puppies are made. And we're trying to figure I'm out. I'm going to say a donut hole is cut out and removed from a donut, thus making the whole part. That was a straight um, hush puppy. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead. Medium. Um, what is the best son of a bitch and veggie burger you have ever eaten? It, it, uh, that is a Nobody trick cares. question Next because question. there's no such thing. Nobody cares. Yeah. Next question. Trick question. No such thing. All right. I got a little... You're going to get a little knowledge for this one. This is scientific. Okay, cool, man. Was the rock formation that fell on the chick's dome a stalactite or stalagmite? Stalactite. Correct. Uh, Bonus. Can you spell it? Okay. uh, Stalactite. Hang on. (laughs) I can hear you writing. (laughs) S-T-A-L-A-C-T-I-T-E. God, you got it. Good job, man. Right. Or stalactite with a G? No, it's it's a C. I looked it up. Stalactite. Okay. I think I think I've always pronounced it with a G. Stalactite and stalagmite, but it is a C for stalactite. Okay, you ready? Yep. Uh, who's winning right now? I no, who cares? How many zemas would it take for you to have intercourse or coitus with the fang equipped cooter? Uh, I'm gonna go with zero on that. <laughs> I would not. So drink you it. would just straight do it without a zema. Okay, I, d- I don't drink alcohol and um. My my germ phobia keeps me away from those type of. <laughs> Just imagine the morning breath on that. Oh, dirty, dude, dirty. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad. Oh shit! All right, uh, ready? Are we ready for the hard yeah, one? Go. Right. What Give me ca- your hard one. Thank you. What character from T.J. Hooker had the exact same haircut as ninety percent of the cast of this movie? T.J. Hooker or um um, who's the hot chick that dated uh? Um, Heather Locklear is what you're going for? That's it, yeah. B- both of them are wrong. It's Adrian Zmed, Vince Romano. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sat next to him at Latai. So do you know him as, as uh, Vince Romano I from TJ Hooker? Or no, you... I knew him. I, I sat next to him at Latai down on uh, 6th and Fremont, and I sent a picture of him to to my wife, and she's a huge Grease 2 fan. I, I was just going like, to say. why didn't you give me an autograph, you son of a bitch? I was going to say, is he Vince Romano or is he Johnny Nogarelli to you? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, right. he's the guy from Grease 2. I don't know their names. I mean, here's a... Uh, Dude, I got a little confession to make here. Uh, I am kind of a fan of Grease 2 as well. I know it's bad, but I'm okay with it. I got no issue there. Dude, I'll watch them if they're on. All right. Uh, schlock or not? Wait a second. We oh. passed something. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have offhand a compliment. offhand compliment for me? Yeah, you, sir, are not as dumb as you look or sound or as our best testing indicates. I appreciate that. You're and I, w- I would like to let you know that um, – actually, it's more of a question – 
Uh, you must be from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see. <laughs> Wait, I, damn it. Where's my sad? I tried to play the sad trombone after that. All right, wait, let me try that again. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. <laughs> Brady Bunch. <laughs> awesome, dude. All right. It's still working the soundboard out here, buddy. All right. Cool. Uh, again, I get those off of uh, corny websites, so, and I appreciate them. Schlock or not? Schlock. I'm going to say schlock to the highest degree, and this is just horror comedy right up my alley. Schlocktacular. Schlocktacular. Give me a flick pick. Um, Stranger Things on Netflix right now. Uh, Watch it. Watch it. Soak it in. Don't binge it. Savor it. Um, Relive your 80s nostalgic childhood. Um, I can't say enough nice things about that show. My God. It's amazing. Mine was the same, but I did a backup because I had a feeling you were going to go there. Um, And it is great. I really recommend Stranger Things as well. Uh, That is streaming on Netflix. Uh, We get most of the stuff we... um, where you can find most of the stuff we do is on justwatch.com, by the way. Uh, I recently watched 2016's Zootopia, and I thought that was fun for the whole family. I enjoyed it, my wife enjoyed it, and my son enjoyed it. Indeed. Did you check that one? I've seen it, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was all right. That was it's on the, the theater, man. Ones. I mean, I actually take my children to the theater to watch movies. I have a theater phobia. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Number wait. 38. Let, let me do that with the soundboard. I have a theater phobia. <laughs> oh, can we do <laughs> Can we do it with the theater phobia and the laugh track? I have a theater phobia. <laughs> it's more of like a facts of life. Uh. <laughs> well, I'll just take your shirts off, fellas. Everybody's doing it. It's cool. Wait. <laughs> you you mean you you and Dudley've never gone skinny dipping? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm going to use that a lot. tell everybody what we're doing next because we've got a little summer vacay coming up and shit? Yes, yes. Because of time um, issues, we're going to bump Blood In, Blood Out because it's like a three-hour movie. We're still going to hit it. It's just going to have to be bumped a little bit. Uh, But we're going to stick in another boob tube episode. The uh, Dukes of Hazard episode went over very well. Uh, We're hoping this one goes over just the same. Like a turd in a punch bowl. Like a turd in a punch bowl. And uh, we're going to try this time the A-Team, which is, I'm sure you were a big A-Team fan, right? I was. Yeah. So, so um, I think most people that are our age, you know, Knight Rider, A-Team, that was all in the same fall guy. Uh, we're going to shoot A-Team Season 4, Episode 16. I've never seen this one. It's called Cowboy George. It is streaming on Netflix, so it's pretty easy for people to find. And according to the um, little uh, write-up I read on it, uh, Face is posing as like a music um, music director. and Promoter, he, maybe? Promoter, there you go. And he books uh, Boy George the actual Boy George, the singer, mistakenly at like a redneck bar and uh, Hannibal has to go in undercover as Boy George and like sing a song or some crap. <laughs> but I don't remember I this one I wonder if Boy George is actually in the episode. No, he, he is. He has to be. He is, yeah, he is in the episode. Okay. And I brought this up to Sledge to see if he wanted to do a couple um, bumpers for us, 18 bumpers, and he reminded me that 18 is a, a pool, me, pool we might want to dip into more than once because he reminded me about... Uh, there's ones with Rick James as a, as a oh, guest star. Uh, Hulk Hogan, who is friends with Mr. T. He's in a couple of them. So uh, we might need to find some of the uh, the crazier A-teams and get hit a few of those out. Okay. I'm in, man. All righty. Uh, do you have a – you got the mission statement this week, right? I do. Let me pull that up right now for you. Okay. Um, this was sent in by uh, one of our Twitter followers and good friends, uh, That One Kid Ryan, at That One Kid Ryan. And he put – Schlockernauts are our friends traveling to the edge of the cinematic universe with us in a rocket ship fueled by pickled eyeballs and fake Hitler chest sweat. Thank you, Ryan. Good stuff Thank there. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Do you, and I actually yeah. responded to him. I said, holy sheetar. That was genius. 
Wow, dude, you are knocking them out today, Doc. <laughs> today, today is thanks, your Ryan. day. We appreciate that, buddy. Uh, do your thanks, and then I'll let you go. What's that? Do your thanks, and then I'll let you go. Oh, thanks. I'm going to thanks Big Wheel. Hope you're back up and running soon. Aaron at Ghost Tattoo, um, thanks for the artwork and the uh, session today. That one kid, Ryan, for the uh, uh, mission statement. I want to thank Jeff and Christine, Gene Sledge Dave, the Track Cash, Fuad Ramsey, who made this all possible, <laughs> and you, Steve. Thanks, Doc. Uh, I'll throw in there Gene Sledge, Aaron at Fuad Tattoo, and, uh, of course, Ryan. He's uh, been contributing like a champ. Uh, if you guys want to contribute, you can send us an email at schlockernot at gmail.com. You can hit us up at Twitter at the schlockernot. Uh, you can always become a Patreon. Uh, we work on the value for value model. If you're getting some value out of the show and you want to give some value back, you can support us. I hope they us. don't want their money back. Like they don't want us to send them money for yeah, it doesn't, to listen to it this. It doesn't work that way. It works the other way. <laughs> uh, but if you want to become a supporter, there's there's different levels you can support at. You can go as low as $1 a month. And even with that, you get our uh, soundboard, all the clips I play. Uh, Got some other little doozies on there. You can find that. A sampling. A sampling. Anything. In something available on Patreon. How about this? Cooter. Uh, how, about, how about this? <laughs> my oh favorite my bird call. <laughs> my favorite bird call. God, man. All that available for just $1. Can you imagine? You're not um, responsible for any damage that yeah. <laughs> to your ears. We've set up a uh, Slack channel for our, our uh, higher level Patreons. If you're interested in getting a Slack channel and chatting with me, Doc Sledge, and some of the other contributors, uh, you can get in there. Other fun stuff coming. You can support us at patreon.com slash d52 or via the website at d52.com. Shirts are now available. The Tutman Cafe shirt will be up by the time this airs. Uh, you can get there the same place. And if you can't do either of those things, just tell a friend about the show and help us grow our community. We would we appreciate, much appreciate it. it. Doc, I thank you for doing this one with me. It was super Take fun. Take care, brother. Thanks, man. Confucius say, man who put cream in tart, not always baker. My Merkin is dripping. <laughs> Merkin. <laughs> you never heard of a Merkin, dude? Never, dude.